little bit of a rough intro. We were trying to, we're working on some new stuff for the stream. I like your new colors for, <laughs> for oh, your Thank computer. you. Yeah, I figured that I would try to match them match for- the uh, Ashes theme. Yeah, I would try to get our colors to be a, a bit, not match a bit. We got a little new intro video for when the podcast goes live. So we have a our few people. different, <laughs> we have a few different things that we're actually going to talk about today. We'll still get on a bunch of tangents, but uh, yeah, we, we have some theories about the about the world based off some observations we had and we had a couple couple questions i think from the youtube that we're going to answer and we're also going to go over the cosmetic swaps look into the ore and stuff that came inside that and annie has a great observation from that if anybody oh. noticed we changed the name of our podcast to Tangent that's right creation <laughs> i jumped i jumped a gun too fast yeah we had a new little intro if you guys saw it as well and we think it's more fitting for the topics and things that we kind of wildly go around and we talk about everything and nothing at the same time which is kind of our thing so yeah we wanted to have our podcast name reflect that all right everybody i guess we will start yeah we Annie came up with that name the tangents of creation which i thought was great i was gonna do ashes of tangents when i was like switching around if i made it hit be hit like better flow. <laughs> i know i know we because i titled youtube last youtube video that and it seemed to get a pretty good response so Thank you guys, the community, for helping us out with that. Now it's Chaos and Leaks Presents. Let's see. I think at some point we'll change it so it says Tangents of Creation, a podcast laced with chaos. Well, eventually, yeah, we'll have like those intro taglines and things to put in there. <laughs> I, I'm so bad with like trying to remember. Like, I, I always wanted, like that last uh, episode, I was going to say, keep it classy, San Diego. All right. And then we get sued. No. Yeah, so we get sued. No, just wait to see. I have to edit that that logo. That's a stand-in for now. Don't sue us. Intrepid. I swear I'll, I'll make one that doesn't use your logo. So I thought we could start off by, unless you wanted to start off on our speculation first. I think, yeah, let's do our speculations or observations rather. But so after the last dev discussion. Yeah, the last dev Margaret and Steven, they, I don't know if anybody else noticed, but they seemed really like giddy and easygoing and it's like like a a weight had been lifted and they were talking about that like community meeting they had done at the town hall and that was shortly after that <laughs> i noticed and i showed jamie that margaret was streaming and she ended up doing like a nine hour live stream on world of warcraft <laughs> and then she was streaming again i think the next day and i'm sitting here and i'm like gee well she even titled it that you know, she hadn't done it in a while. And uh, I'm sitting here like, they must have finished something really big for Dude. her to have that much time. <laughs> to See, and, that, and that was the key right there was that we, I went back and I looked at M Margaret's like streaming schedule, like when she had been doing things. And so she's got her uh, role for it, the, the, the uh, tabletop game that she plays, but she has not streamed a video game in a very long time. And this is coming off the heels of them talking about having that massive milestone they had their their town hall. They said it was a very emotional thing. You could tell from the last stream something big has finished over in Intrepid. In our theory, if you want to present it, because it definitely was something that you well, thought of. I mean, I'm I'm pretty certain that Steven wouldn't have announced the new world map unless it was already finished or practically finished. So I think that's what it actually was, is that he was announcing it because they actually finished the entire world. And I, gotta, I keep meaning to go back to go and listen to how he phrases things. But they, uh, I, I felt that same thing of like, you know, Steven is extremely, uh, has taken a, a very safe route about not announcing things until he is certain that they are done. 
So releasing this world map, and then there, I don't want to dive too much into the leaks, but there was a metadata, potential metadata leak that did have all of the node names, all the couple dungeons named, couple raid names, embedded in the picture because if you in Photoshop you can your labels you can hide them obviously but I'm assuming that's what they did is they probably have everything mapped out for this but I have a very strong feeling that they probably actually finished the world because we we know that they 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 transitioned into Unreal Engine 5 but we actually have no idea excuse me what what assets they were able to bring in from Unreal Engine 4 I mean we've seen for that you know there's that that video the the guy riding in the bear through the woods and that didn't look anything like what we saw on alpha one so that world that, that that part of the map exists somewhere and then i was diving a little bit deeper to see how hard or how difficult it is to transfer a file from unreal engine 4 to unreal engine 5 and i don't think it's as difficult i think at the start there was some complications when it was in the really early access to that but i think now they probably are able to take most of the things that they've created and because they're moving at such a fast rate, they have that landform tool. I think they're probably able to make environments extremely quick. Well, and I think too, like looking at the footage from 2017, like it looks somewhat different just graphics wise because of Unreal Engine and things, but there's like all those previews and trailers and things, like they have a lot of different areas. So it makes me wonder if like they had a lot more fleshed out in the very start than we even knew about. But yeah, I think Steven's very intelligent and I don't think he would have announced the larger map unless he was certain that it was, you know, a done thing. And that goes with like people, there's been a lot of concern of people talking about scope creep and things like that. So I think he's probably keeping that in mind with when he does announce things because there's a lot of skepticism from a lot of people to start with. So he's not going to announce something that he's not going to be able to pull off, which makes me think that they didn't announce it until it was pretty much a done deal. Well, see, and the one thing too is that this kind of goes towards something else that maybe I, I forgot to actually have that ready is they, they had announced that for next stream, we're going to see the Ranger going up against the Minotaurs and they had only shown us the concept art of that. So that means that these minotaurs not only are beyond concept, exactly. <laughs> they're beyond concept, they're already modeled and they're already ready to have them. Like even, even if it took them, you know, say, cause they're getting all this stuff ready for the stream, you know, probably weeks ahead of time. So they're already have like this rangers is done. Most likely they, they are probably already moved off of that a while ago. So these things that we're seeing, we're, I don't know how much of a delay behind, but I, I know that they are showing us stuff with confidence rather than it coming out and being like, yeah, we made this last week. Like, no, that stuff has been finished for a while. Though so I think, I really think that we were probably going to see Alpha 1 early, or sorry, it would be late Q, Q2, which I put believe, oh, sorry. Yeah, late Q2, should, which should be around, no, sorry like Q1, which should put us around March or early Q2, like anywhere between that, like July back to March timeframe, like in between there. I don't know why I did that backwards, March to July. But yeah, so I'm really excited to actually try to figure out like where they are within the development because it is most likely much further ahead than where most of us think it actually is. What I think too, like it's possible that they might be ready to launch Alpha 2 by the end of this year but I don't think they're going to because of the Dragonflight expansion. Right, that would be... Warcraft. So it would just be too, like, overlapping. 
it would be pretty poor timing for them. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, for people who don't play WoW, oh, it's not that big a deal. But you have to remember too, like a pretty big player base for, for Ashes, there are MMO players and not every MMO player is currently not playing MMOs. There are a lot of players that are still, you know, you even look at like WoW still has like what, 2 million, 2 million player, pay, player base? That's still 2 million people playing the game. And then I think what, Final Fantasy 14's got another 2 million. So, so there are quite a few pe people people still playing those games and that would detract, especially if like, you know, I, I know WoW sees like this spike during an expansion, they, they get like this really massive spike and that kind of dies off as the hype dies off. And that was the thing too of why they end up pushing back Alpha 1. And we did feel that a bit that during, during the Alpha 1, when New World came out, you did see a big drop off of, we, we had been playing the Alpha for about a month new world drops and then a lot of people started moving over to play that so they don't want to be in a position where they're not going to have a player base we have a question about my case so that is the evo dynamic 11 or evo 11 dynamic i forget which way that is yeah i really actually I really like What's that case really nice with the orange and yellow normally he has it i've got my uh, whole thing purple <laughs> yeah you gotta have it hulking out but yeah actually it's a really nice case it's very big because the cable management is all in another separate compartment but it's it's uh, i'm a fan of it. It, it it's a very nice center piece or i guess to the right piece for the desk yeah it's like don't look at me no. <laughs> this, is, this is as the tangents begin yep <laughs> i know i thought i would try to match it to get more of the stream i don't know if you guys if you guys have seen previous episodes of the stream you know that uh, we, we were going with the uh, our my my colors or our colors with the because Annie typically does a purple and teal theme and I typically do a green and purple theme but I figure we would try to match more of the ashes. Love that comment. I see. Thanks for letting me know. I'm not apologizing for going on a tangent though. Not on a podcast with this name. No problem, man. That is this tangents are completely welcome. This is a very community and conversation based podcast. If you guys are looking for a place where you're going to get strict info and all that, we're, I mean, we're going to have some info drops. Like we know our shit, but when it comes to that, like we're not a podcast for that. It's definitely going to be a lot more free form, a lot more friendly conversations. Some of my favorite podcasts literally are just people sitting around talking to friends. And I really enjoy that format. So that's the format that I would like to bring to the Ashes space. To get that conversation, that question all the time over on Reddit is like, oh, what makes them different than any other creator? Well, fucking the ADHD conversation where it just drifts off over to madness. <laughs> oh yeah, we have the, we have like the golden feather vibes, which is really fun. That was we were on. I think after our second episode, we yeah, uh, we, got, we got to be featured on one of their episodes. Yeah, they, uh, it was I, really fun. It was awesome. Yeah, they they had reached out. They had reached out to me over on Twitter, and I guess I guess I responded extremely quickly because I've, I've been trying to like you know grow the channel and all that stuff. So I would have my phone in my hand like at all times. And oh cool. Oh, that's awesome. Well, oh, well, thank so you. Glad to have you. <laughs> Really appreciate that. I, I I like I like that crossover. I know we uh, after that show we had talked about doing some other stuff together too. So hopefully we hopefully we're still in for that. Which I don't know when they talked if they've talked about any of that stuff. So I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> I know I definitely will if I talk about it. So yeah, we had we had some stuff that we kind of want to do with them. It was really fun. I really enjoyed that. That was the first time that we've got to work with other content creators in in this space, and it, it was very cool. It, it was it was also nice seeing how like another podcast is run. And and I've thought about too like at, at a point we'll probably bring on different community members and stuff like that. One of the things that we've been doing with our, our Twitch streams and stuff is we've been playing different games. And like I said, I really like fostering like a community and having more people with us. So we have like, you know, Conan Exiles private server, V Rising private server. We, 
I, I, it, it pains me to say it, but also I'm having a bit of fun. We got back into WoW, so that the the chaos hey, unleashed. We Margaret, Margaret, though. We figured if it was good enough for Margaret to play, it was good enough for us. <laughs> yeah, I saw Margaret playing, and I was like, well, I guess it's fine to go in there now. So we, we end up playing some World of Warcraft, and I'm, the Chaos and Lace Cartel Guild will be kind of loosely there, very uh, casually. Oh my god. <laughs> I wanted to be on a double date podcast with Golden Feather once, but Vertec told me that my hand doesn't count as a person, even though it's my sole partner. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, yeah, it's not your sole partner because it's not your foot. <laughs> your so oh my God. Soulmate. Soulmate. Jesus. <laughs> that's, fun. that's hilarious. Yeah, that, that's actually something that's been really fun is Annie and I have played MMOs together for 12 years now. We started dating 12 years ago. Uh, and I played Dungeons and Dragons online with my dad before that. So, and I've played RuneScape. Like, we've, yeah, I think on episode four of our podcast, we kind of go a little bit into our gaming history. In the, but yeah, so as a couple, we've been playing games for a very long time. It, it was kind of like at the core of our relationship. So it, it is really fun having a partner that we're, I, I, I made a tweet the other day of like, it's nice being married to an MMO fan because I don't know how else I would explain needing to play the same game for the next 20 years for six to eight, six to eight hours a day to a normal gamer. It, it is a completely different type of breed of gamer where where it's like currently we've been kind of game hopping but but typically i'm like a one game kind of person like i want to find a game to just play forever and hopefully that's vera I'm like giant join going to ashes and exploring that world i'm so goddamn excited for this this is especially if you guys are if you don't like places that hype the game up don't come here i'm just gonna hype the game up I'm not ashamed. I'm so excited, and it's hard to hide our excitement. <laughs> like, I just, it's just, the more stuff I see, too, like, dude, I, I am so deep into the copium. Although, I, I swear, like, one hit lasts me about a month. Yep. <laughs> Playing Tower Fantasy. I keep hearing about Tower Fantasy. I haven't checked it out. They said we, we recently jumped back into WoW, and it's i i have i have reservations it's been kind of, it's been pretty fun but it definitely has been a pain trying to well i remember how many years back seven so coming back after seven years has been a def, definitely a challenging to say the least though i think finally got in wing of it so i'm not a confused mess what i'm playing now yeah it was pretty fun though we because to to get the we went on this mount run well, wasn't so much a mount run they were doing a thing where i i, could, I know it's because blizzard's trying to pad their numbers is they were doing this pre-patch thing for wrath of lich king classic where if everyone played and got through the death knight story you get a mount on retail and obviously the reason they're calling people in there is they want them to pull in so that way they're like look at how many people are playing this at one time so many people love classic lich king <laughs> <laughs> although but that was the thing is i was i was forgetting how fun that experience was there are some modern conveniences in modern retail wow that i i do think could help that time frame but i especially not being able to skip like trying to get your quest but i do think having to read your quest and figure out where to go i think that was actually really fun and added towards the exploration where currently it just it holds your hand every step of the way it, you do a quest it gives you a little marker to follow it shows you who to talk to where it's at all this stuff and i was like man you kind of took like the exploration right out of your game so sometimes i like the brain deadness but i think there needs to be a happy medium because <laughs> it was a little tricky trying to find i think with classic wow it was it's a good trainer for when we get into Vera <laughs> with not having those directions. And 
I'm not sure how it's going to be exactly, but I think it'll be closer to how classic WoW was versus modern WoW. Oh yeah, it's definitely going to be because you're going to have you're going to have to one read your quests. You're not going to have markers on the map. Like you're going to have to follow. And then I believe when you get to a certain area, something will kind of pop and let you know like you're around that. It's almost like I think Dungeons and Dragons Online would do that where you would get to the dungeon and then you get this little narrative thing that would pop up as you were exploring through there. Yeah. Which I think it will be more like that, but it, it was kind of this wake up call and I and I guess like obviously there are people who are fans of the current MMO, current WoW setup. And I think what it did was it made it a very casual, friendly game. I think that also with their player base growing up over time, they may have catered to like, you know, as we started getting families and kids and stuff like that, because we did have less time. And I think what they could have done to stop all of that was having not gated the story behind raids. And I think that is what kind of started that downfall. Yeah, I'd agree with that because that's when People were complaining that they'd miss out on the lore and things, so then they came up with looking for raid so that everybody had a chance to, you know, see all the story. Exactly. And, and I think that had they found a way to pull the story into just keeping it in quests, so you could do quest line to, to see all the story and all these things, I mean, still give something special behind raids, but not every single ending cutscene. And that would have allowed. I mean, honestly, for me, for raiding, I love going in there to, to see the story and, and things like that. But also, like, I, I just love raiding in general. So I think if they had found a happy medium to find a way to show fans, like, the, you know, the story as it's progressing, without having to dive into this, they could have saved their game. I, I, I'm really looking at it now, and I think that's what one of the biggest issues was. Which, I mean, yeah, if you are if you take down the Lich King in the raid, you want to see, like, what, what happens after... But I don't know. I don't know how they would have done that other than like it being also in a quest form. I'm not sure. But I think they could have just easily done like a like quest line in the raid where the bosses are just super nerfed and like it's just like a kind of solo deal, you know? Right. But I see that's essentially looking for raid. <laughs> that's looking yeah, for but it. looking for raid is what made people stop having to pug for groups. Yeah. Okay. So Dante saying that, and this is something that I had heard was that Guild Wars, they did have this ingenious thing where their quest zones and raids had a parallel story. And I think that would have been nice if 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 you had, that's what I'm saying too, if you had split it so that people who were only questing could have had some type of story. That was for that that uh, forest, I don't, I don't, I didn't play too much of Guild Wars 2, but that was with the forest dragon, correct? Or, in the, or the heart of the dragon, and there, there were two different forms, I'm, I'm assuming, I can't remember. I know Narc did a video on it, but that, that would have helped too, is like, just keep things separated so that way you have your raid and your story and not gate everything behind the raids. And I think that really could have helped WoW. And, and what I, because I, I keep seeing this and it, it does have, I'm getting different tangent with Riot's MMO, because people, I've, I've saw some people asking that question too, of like, how is Intrepid going to feel about them, them moving to space and what's it going to do for this whole thing? How's it going to derail it? I really think what Riot's going to do when they come into the space is they're going to end up taking that WoW position not previous WoW. We're not talking about the the king of MMOs because I, I really feel like a lot of them are on the same level now. I don't think because because the market is so saturated, I think there's so many different games for other people and it's, there's so many games that have different content that I think Riot's going to kind of move into that WoW space to give that casual kind of feel. Ghostcrawler's working on that and he was the one who brought in looking for raid and not looking for raid, looking for group. I know he says that he th feels like that was a that was a problem and that they're going to be going away from that in Riot. 
But at the same time, I feel like Riot's going to be a more accessible game for people, and I think it's going to try to fill that space. Where Ashes is going to be that game that's not going to be designed for everyone. It's going to be for those like hardcore MMO players, which I didn't really even consider myself more of a hardcore MMO player until <laughs> until we just started touching WoW again, and I was like, man, I know it wasn't like S tier, but I definitely wasn't like a. I'm not a casual by any means. Do you have any any comments on 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 your casualness or hardcoreness when it comes to playing MMOs? Oh no, I like. I would I would consider I playing like to, six hours like a day. Having, I like having the luxury of like being a casual player, so like not having really pressing things you need to log in to do every single day. Um, because like I mean we have three kids and stuff, and that's busy enough as it is without trying to like stress out and be like, oh no, I didn't do like. I didn't water my crops today or something silly like that. But so I like casualness in that aspect, but I definitely really like a challenge and I get bored really, really easy if I'm playing a game and it's not challenging. Like it's like I played Albion for a while and that just it just felt like I was running chores all the time. Like, you know, go harvest this thing, go do this now, go do that. And like it just wasn't. Yeah, I think I'm on like a different wavelength answering this question. I, I think so than too. What you intended, but that's that's what my brain thought of it. So <laughs> I meant more of like we, when it comes to actually playing like MMOs, we do tend to fall more into that semi-hardcore. Where I'm not saying so much of like maybe how much we, how like doing like full mythic runs and being like world first and things like that. But when it comes to actually playing MMOs, we we are fairly seasoned. I have, I saw, I saw someone saying that they had 12K hours on ESO. I, on my WoW character, I have, was it 70, 72,000, sorry, 3,200 hours on my main. It was like 700 plus days of playtime. <laughs> and uh, though when I'm when I'm looking back, because you know I, I kind of felt myself as more towards the casual side, but the more I thought about it too, I'm like, man, I literally was playing that game when when we were hardcore into WoW. I mean, I was playing. I, I remember I waited 15 hours to get Poundfist. Like I was, I would kept going well, back yeah, to the no, computer we did, and we did log in every day and like. You know, it was the the challenges that kept us coming back. So like, you know, you getting Poundfist, like that was something you had to just kind of. Like not everybody's gonna sit there for twelve hours waiting for an NPC to spawn. <laughs> right, and, and and that's what I mean about the casualness of, of WoW. It makes it very easy for people to come in. They they can sit down for an hour or two, get a few like, get quite a few quests done, knock out a bunch of stuff, maybe get one or two dungeon, maybe three, depending on how fast they are. I mean, dungeons dungeons typically only last like. 15, 30 minutes, if, if you're speed I'm, running. I'm definitely that person that if I have the time, I will sit on a game all day. Like, and that's, <laughs> it that's, doesn't happen often, but that's that would be like my happy place is just getting to play at my leisure and spend all day like raiding or whatever. But I think where I was going with my previous thought was I like having the casualness though, because I don't have that luxury, at least not this time in my life. <laughs> And having having kids definitely made it more difficult, and that's where I kind of started to realize what WoW was for. Now it is a, it is a game design. It's an MMO that is extremely theme park based. That is designed for everyone to get in there, do something, and 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 play a bit. And I believe I can't remember which developer it was, but they had mentioned that they never designed they meant to design the game to be something that you played every day for sixteen hours. Like they and I guess that's where I see Riot 
coming in and fitting into that space, going back to what, what I originally got on this, on this track for, is that I can see Riot coming into the space and, and becoming that parallel to WoW of it is for people who want to jump in, jump out. Not that you can't play like League of Legends for hours and hours on time, but because of how small those sessions are, I, I think that kind of fits into that style and, and that's kind of what they're used to in that 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 in that space. And I feel like Ashes is going to give us that you are going to be playing this game for hours and hours and have months and months and months of content to play through. And it could be because of how long it takes, how long the, the grind takes or how long these other things takes or how long it takes to progress and level. And, and that's the type of game I think that I've been looking for is that everything seems like it's very casual friendly. And I want that game that gives me that semi-hardcore experience back. Let's see. Anton, what would, M would the MMORPG be like if WoW hadn't become so casually friendly and renamed as a sweaty tryhard it used to be? I honestly think that if WoW did continue the path of how they were if 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 the next expansion say with wrath if they, if they had continued to instead of bringing let's see how do i want to word this instead of going more into that looking for guild looking for raid and then making it more accessible for people and i think if they did continue to do that i don't know if the game would have survived because if you look at the landscape now and you look at what what the, the the biggest game genre right now is is mobile gaming and it's very convenient it's very small even if you look at how media is now like everything is so bite-sized and people want to consume that and i think we may have gotten to a point where people are kind of sick of all this short form media like even for people who one of the things i see with our youtube comments and stuff too is like how long the video is and and people getting annoyed that it's that long well it's long form media and some people really enjoy sitting down and, and doing the in you know, absorbing that information, having that. And I think because our, our, the way that the landscape has changed just with media and stuff in general is that everyone wants all these short bites. They want things fast. They want it quick. So I think if WoW didn't kind of change the way it did, it may not have survived. But what I think has happened is now that there is a counterculture to that where Ashes is going to be able to come back and be like, no, like there are people who want this and this game is not for everyone. I, I, I am one of those people where I want a single game to play. Like if, if, if I only have played one game for the rest of my life because it had everything I needed, everything I wanted, was updated well, it aged well, like I'd play that game forever. Like I am not a gamer that tends to like going from game to game to game. I like having one thing. I get home, I sit down, I play that game. And that's, that's all I've been looking for, for for quite a long time now. I definitely bounce all over the place when I play games. I have like my one game that I do dedicate the majority of my time to, but like I'll have, like when we used to play WoW all the time, I would play Hearthstone as well. And like a couple other games, like I'd just wake up and be like, you know what? I kind of want to play this game today, but I'd still do my World of Warcraft hours <laughs> every day, practically. Lord was mentioning too that, yeah, even even with Wrath, like how when we finished that quest line and that we we had ported over to Orgamar, probably in Ashes, we still would have, we would have had that and we would have had to find some way to cross a sea and to find a way to get there. Like even that convenience that showed up there would have been gone. Like they're going much further back to more like an EverQuest kind of like feel to it. And I, I, and I am welcoming that so badly. Like I am so ready to have a world that will take me forever to get through. Well, they just granted that wish on their last dev discussion. Uh, I know by, by increasing the size of the world. So that's extremely exciting Let's see. 
Dante says, I don't like mobile gaming. It's coarse and rough and it gets every and gets everywhere. Not like PC gaming and PC gaming. Everything is soft and smooth. I agree when it comes to there's so many janky mobile games that just they, they, they feel very jarring to me where you, you have this main screen and then you start clicking through things and it changes everything. And it definitely does not give a smooth transition. And I don't know, I just don't like sitting there playing something small on my phone for extended periods of time. There are games that I think are kind of fun. I know Annie plays a lot more mobile games, which I've definitely played a lot more mobile games than you do. And like, I think I've played practically everything <laughs> that's in the Play Store that's at least like somewhat popular and even some that aren't. The problem though is that almost every single one I've played is heavily pay to win. And like, I, I'm not shy when it comes to like putting money into a game, like if it's one I really like, but like I have my little allowance and stuff for video games, but, but it's just kind of like it, I think we talked about this in episode four as well, where like pay to win games are you pay, you get put ahead and then you plateau until you pay again and then you plateau and then you pay again. And for me, that's what kills mobile games is because that's just the way they're structured is that you will struggle and grind and like still not get ahead for a really long time until you like buy that loot crate or buy that buff or you know, whatever, or buy that like legendary hero that's in the- That's the thing too, is like that ends up making, because that's like that pay to win model is where they make it so hard and grindy that even like there is, there's no there's not a decent reward after getting through that. Even if you got there, it's not going to feel like they value your time. I rush when suddenly you're really tough for a second and then you're back to being like, shit, well, now I need to like right. and, and buy this next thing because I'm stuck here or I have to grind the same level like 20,000 times to level up my gear or something, you know? Right. And that's them not valuing your time. And, and I think that's going to be that middle ground too, right? That the ashes finds of like, where is the... The value of you know you you went and did this it took you this long but you were able to get here and i think there has to be like that you know a certain decent amount of time where there, we, we talked about this where the the game has to feel more unpleasant than pleasant to keep you engaged and wanting to do things and what it, what i mean by that is questing's got to be difficult raids have to be difficult dungeons have to be difficult and then it's got to hit that little dopamine pop where you're like oh hell yeah i did it and that's gonna go back to kind of sucking, but like in a fun way, like in a challenging way. But I think they're like, with WoW, I kind of start getting bored because the, the game is more pleasant than annoying, I guess. So like, you don't really like, like, man, we're, we're killing things. I'm not reading quests, I'm not doing this. I'm just bla blazing through it. I have no idea what I'm doing, but somehow I'm completing everything. And like, there's no, I don't know. I, I had a really fun time actually playing Classic Wrath. I love seeing the, the talent trees that were back. I love seeing, having to read my quests and in you know, like oh i actually have to read through all my talents before i pick one <laughs> right it, it just it, it brought me back to that man i even saw that when we were we were on there it was like you would have to level up your skills and stuff or your weapons i'm like i forgot you even had to do that which right i know that's because we started playing on a private server in wrath of the lich king so it was very nostalgic because that was like our first experience with well, that, that together yeah it's what together Something yeah like yeah that. Yeah, that was when I brought you in. We we would we uh, we didn't have much money back when we first started dating, so we started on a um, private server that that had wrath, and so that was your first experience with WoW, and and it was and I and I started early. I started before or Jesus, I want to say Outlands, but I can't remember the word the word for it. Burning Crusade. So I'd started before then. So I I was used to vanilla WoW, and I've I've gone back. I've messed with different private servers and stuff like that. And, and vanilla WoW definitely feels a little too painful. 
And I think... I definitely relied really heavily on the Zygor question. <laughs> I am kind of excited that there's not going to be add-ons in Ashes because if there are add-ons, I will use them. I we, That's the thing too. Like I love that it's being designed in a way that will force you to have to play the game because if there are any things I can exploit, there's any way around it, I'm going to do it. And that's I think that's actually the same kind of mindset that Steven had about it where he wants to design a game where you can't circumvent and get these get around these different things. And I love that because I think most people, like like I said, when I played ESO and there was, if there was an experience buff, I'm taking it. If there's this and that, I'm going to use it because it's available to me, but it ruins the game experience. And, and I hate that because I do, I do genuinely want to play a game slowly and take my time to explore things and learn everything. But when they start giving those things, it makes you start to feel like you have to rush, you have to get through it. And then that's also just kind of indicating that there's not a lot of stuff that's decent in between because the journey to that max level should be the bulk of the game. It should feel rewarding to go from one to 60 or whatever the level's gonna be. I think for ESO in particular, their questing was pretty good. Like I actually enjoyed their questing quite a bit, even though they did have those experience buffs and stuff. But I think once we got to the end game, that's when I kind of like ran out of not necessarily things to do, but I was just like, well, where do we go from here now? You know, because it was just Jamie and I playing. We didn't have a guild or anything. So I think we kind of fell off after we hit max level because it just... Are we talking about Elder Scrolls? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one, I mean, we we did. Eventually, we ended up just doing like dailies where we, we log in, do the, what was it? The Hero Storm, I think, was at the time. Yeah. We come in, we, we do our stuff. We, we, we get the items and then kind of log off like... It's, it's fun to go back and, and, and do the story and, and do the questing and stuff and see all the voice acting, but the fact that you just let me blow through that by just doing dungeons all the way up to like leveling, like it, it did kill the game. Like I'm not, I don't feel like going back and playing a single player game. And I, I think that's the thing too, is that so many of these games try to be single player in a certain way, which I think ESO kind of has that because they are coming from that background of making single player games. But the problem there with optional friends, right? And that's the, that's the problem though, is that you have op, you're not optimizing the game for group gameplay. You're just having where I think that's the problem with most, most MMOs now is it feels like the, the multiplayer is kind of tacked on and, and that, and that, like, I think that hurts the game a lot because it's not being developed with the group in mind. Like there, I don't, I can't think of a single quest that I did in ESO that required, and I'm saying quests, not like group content. There was not a single quest that we did that actually required me to have other people with me. Well, right when we started on a WoW Classic, Wrath of the Lich King, you had to duel five players as a quest. Like you had to actually duel, which is probably more tricky if <laughs> you're the only one in the area, but I actually agree with what Dante just said. Yeah, I was, I was reading that, that. I mean, it's purely subjective, but it's interesting how I found the leveling experience in Ashes Alpha more interesting and exciting than the leveling of most modern MMO RPGs. Except that one time when the whole server decided to level up by killing enchanted raptors, that part was weird. And, and, <laughs> and that was the thing is that we, we we had realized that the enchanted raptors were giving a ton of experience. I did that too. As soon as I figured that out that exploit, I, all I did was spend the whole life for like four hours just in a circle killing raptors because it, it was giving you really fast experience and doing that and then they nerfed it and and, uh, and they, yeah then they nerfed that and made that so uh, you couldn't do that anymore were you trying to add into the conversation? Oh, sorry oh 
we I think when we played I we don't were remember which server Resna was the one Resna, that we were playing right. in. Yeah, yeah, now that you say it, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> that's one of those things though, is like that the devs are, I'm sure are aware of, but when they have little loopholes like that, like people will exploit them. So they need to you know, just make sure that that's part of the reason the game is probably taking so long for them to release is because they're trying to make sure that they don't have little accidents like that in there. Right. And that and those are one of the things, too, is that as much as I missed it, when you when the tank, when it first started in alpha, it was so goddamn powerful and it was so fun to play. I was just stomping everybody every time like i remember the first siege i did as a tank you would do the chain pull you would then do like the i, I had a rotation it was the chain pull the axe throw where we would go out and then i think you'd hit one more button you could drop everybody in like two seconds it felt so goddamn good and then they nerfed it and then like i couldn't kill shit for the rest of the alpha as a tank <laughs> oh lord was also on res I, I see that which is that's pretty that's cool good taste i see that. yeah that's uh, that's when we started to create the chaos and lace cartel was yeah, during that alpha lyric. i loved the whip <laughs> that was I, th fun. I thought it was really interesting that like it appealed to my kinks oh my god <laughs> jesus same bro same <laughs> you're like role play an inquisitor what was it anyway that did so easily distracted but yeah and then it right to the gutter <laughs> it, it was funny because later on like a meta started to develop where you would get the uh, was it everyone ended up playing mages with wands you're role playing something else <laughs> oh my god you gotta save that for the patreon <laughs> We talked about that too. We've we've talked about it too. That we we may be doing a I don't I don't know where or when we might do it, but we 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 are of like minds. We just try to keep it out of out of this one. But we we were talking about maybe doing a chaos and lace after dark podcast or something like that, and just really letting all the tangents go. That'd be fun. Especially if you show up for the community nights, they, they definitely get pretty fun. Especially if there's been a bit of beverages consumed and. The energy's right. Where was I going? I don't even remember the conversation. So we can pull up some of this stuff now that we're this far into it. I thought we forgot what we were tangenting about. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, I don't know if I can get it on the, let's see, a little bit so everyone can see it. There we go. So yeah, so they did the cosmetic swap over. And the way that we approach cosmetics and stuff on, on this podcast and the way that we talk about them is kind of just ignoring the whole cosmetic thing. I don't really care about having a conversation of do you like cosmetics or not. I think that's a, that's a mute point. That's a mute discussion at this point because this obviously isn't going away it's been a thing so we what we do is focus more on these how they're going to be assets in the game because that's pretty much what these are actually going to be is we are looking at mobs that are going to be in the world buildings that will be in the world and i actually did have a question though about this and i don't know if anyone has the answer when we have our freeholds are we going to, have, going to be able to put those cosmetics on the npcs that are on our freehold you know that answer I don't recall them ever saying. I need to ask that question because then I think it would make more sense because I do have a couple of cosmetics, like the, the the armor sets and stuff, and they are just costumes. So it's not like we're gonna be able to dye them or, or change anything. And I, as much as I really wanna grab one of these, if I can't put them on anything except for my character, I don't really care. I mean, I don't see why not, but again, that's probably better to know than assume. That, <laughs> see, that would be nice. It'd be really cool if I could just, you could like theme out your, your whole, um, Freehold, and I, th I think that'd be really neat. So yeah, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna dive over here and look at the Order of the Giant Slayers. Vera is a deadly and what? Jesus, I can't read. <laughs> do this again. Last time this got very tangenty, so I will try to finish the, the paragraph before I start talking. What? Do you want me to read it? Yes, you can go ahead. Hold on to your thoughts. Yeah, you can <laughs> go ahead and yeah, I'll do that. 
All right. Thera is as deadly and wild as it is wondrous. Most cultured souls find themselves both prisoner and prey in this realm, constantly battling with hostile intruders and dangerous beasts as they seek to restore the cultures of their forebears. Although there are some who aren't interested in reclaiming lost civilizations or forging new ones. There are those who roam the savage lands hunting the most deadly creatures they can find. Most regard them as foolhardy madmen for who would be insane enough to stalk the largest and most ferocious beasts that Vera has to offer. None but the dauntless hunters of the Order of the Giant Slayers. Can't wait to see these guys in game. I, and I think we're, I honestly feel like this pairs really well with the, we saw a, a giant, right? That last, hold up a picture of him. Well, it's not just, not just giants. It's like giant beasts. Right. So like, like anything that's oversized. Massive game hunting. <laughs> like dragons and yeah. Which this one, when I was reading it earlier, had something that kind of stuck out to me. Useful information, which yeah. I'll point it out after I finish reading. Yeah, Annie, I think, picked out a spoiler from this. Which is, is one of the reasons to re read this stuff, guys. This is all lore information. This is all stuff that's about the game. I know how people can be this way or that way when it comes to cosmetics. Try to view it in the thing of like, we are getting information about the game and the lore and the, the, the NPCs are within it. And I think you'll actually appreciate it more of like, because it didn't take, it wasn't until Margaret had said something in one of the streams that really clicked for me. I'm like, holy shit, we're seeing in-game assets or concepts for assets and then learning a bit more of the world. So I really need to go back and reread a ton of these different things because I'm- But I said, yeah, so I'm going to take some time at some point to reread all over it, every single one of them. It's definitely, yeah, it's like a treasure trove of lore. I'm, I'm a giant lore nerd. <laughs> Dante says, I wonder if there's a giant slayer's loot which lets us serenade and seduce giants. Hashtag bard for life. <laughs> bard for life. <laughs> That's so great. All right, so for the grappoon, it says, can you scroll down just slightly? Yep see the whole thing oh you're seeing that's good yeah i don't have it pulled up i'm just looking at your screen I'm okay okay <laughs> all right so this is an accessory cosmetic skin as any experienced hunter of titanic predators knows nature often hides a creature's most vulnerable spot high atop their back hint, hint. this requires hunters to find a method of scaling <laughs> wow brobdignagian frames quickly and easily that's a word to efficiently surmount this obstacle Legendary metalsmith, lo wow, low carb, dark didn't <laughs> engineered a climbing tool called the grappoon, part harpoon and part grappling hook. This hefty tool is slung on the hunter's back until needed. When a likely target appears, the grappoon is launched from its metal tube and magically propelled to the weakest part of the target's hide, embedding itself and allowing the hunter to begin their perilous climb. So the part that stuck out to to me as being useful for when if ever you're in a situation where you're hunting or fighting a giant predator is that most of the time their most vulnerable spot is high atop their back so i remember i can't remember who had said it but on a previous ashes stream they had talked about how where you attack creatures matters to an extent so yeah so i'd like to see how that if that ends up being implemented or how that would be implemented and then, because I, I know, I don't think we're going to actually be able to target body parts, but uh, I mean, maybe they'll have a system for that, but it would be pretty cool to see, like, you know, if you do attack a certain... I think it's like you have a, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a greater critical strike chance if you're aiming like at the head or at a weak part on the creature. And, and that would be really cool. I we have to I have to see if I can find that information or if anyone else knows that, if, if there will be 
advantages to attacking different parts. I definitely, I'm trying to remember, I think it was very dangerous to stand near the tail of the dragon during the yeah. alpha. So having even, even that type of thing, because I believe they did talk about that where where you where you end up or where you attack from that it, it should give you different bonuses or, or I could be completely thinking of a different game. But I think you are right on that. So now we're going to move over to the Metal Hawk. So this thing's pretty cool too. I like the concept behind it. So <clears throat> pet cosmetic skin. When a hunter is in close combat with a colossal creature, they hope to distract their target's attention. Such a task calls for birds of prey that can reach the heights of the most towering titan's eyesight. To a giant slayer, none is more valuable than the magical metal hawk crafted and brought to life in arcane forges. About the size of a large dog, these four-winged wonders can not only be used as a spotter for faraway prey, but also used as a shiny lure. Many giants have chased their glinting wings and magical trails only to find their heads mounted as a trophy. <laughs> That's so great. I love that. Lord was saying, image pops in his head about glowing parts in the giant beasts that are each tar targetable. That would be really cool too. Yeah, I've seen some games that do do things like that. So that would be... I, I want to say that it was, it was a dev stream that they were talking about how different parts of a spider, like if there was a giant spider boss, that different parts of the legs would be able to be attacked. Like, I want to say that was a thing. I know. I remember them talking about it. I need to do some research because I don't remember when. Because or... I, I swear to God, that was Ashes that was talking about it. I could be wrong, but I, I want to say I'm thinking for raid bosses and things. I think that was a thing. Someone's got to dig that up or I'll, I'll do it for the next thing. But we, we can talk about that. Of I swear Steven had said something like that. Because I, I remember because I thought that was really exciting because that added more than just brain dead, like targeting your thing and spamming your buttons. Like you actually had to kind of pay attention to where your damage was going. Annie, I'm going to let you take over on this. So I will read. Gosh, what was the name of this one? Dusk Thunder Rhino. All right. So this is a mount cosmetic skin. And it says, among the order of the giant slayers, the most desired steeds are powerful and fearless. No mount fits this description more precisely than the Dusk Thunder Rhino. This massive, massive mount has a hide as dark as midnight and glowing iridescent eyes. It is most often heard approaching before its massive girth becomes apparent. Oh God, my brain just went straight to the gutter. <laughs> its squat posture gives it a naturally low center of gravity, making it virtually immune to stumbling during battle. Adorned with one banded giant slayer mount armor, and it becomes, well, adorned one with banded giant slayer mount armor, and it becomes a living, breathing war machine. So they had asked, um, I think I saw on Twitter, they had posted the picture of this mount, and they were asking, like, what people would want to see for its, its mount abilities, and I had actually suggested that, you mind scrolling up so we can see the picture? Oh, yeah, sorry. So I had mentioned that I thought it would be really cool if it had like a charge, knockback, and gore, or rather charge, gore, and then knockback ability, just with the way like those tusks are and stuff, and like considering it's really watt and bulky, <laughs> that thing would be stout and strong. So, but yeah, this mount is really cool. It's kind of hard to see on the stream, but. You definitely that wouldn't want to go uh, in real life. <laughs> I know that definitely would not feel good to hit a bump on. <laughs> no, <laughs> it looks sick. Or right in the front, you better hope that doesn't get right in your gut. <laughs> it just it makes me really excited to see like 
what the in-game stuff's going to be too. I can't wait to discover all that. Like, I'm really excited about seeing the animal husbandry. I know that's something you're really excited for. Uh-huh. Oh, that was actually a question somebody had asked us. You too. Oh, that was. Save that thought. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. After we finish this. Somebody remind us, but uh, I have to finish reading these first. Can't, <laughs> can't let go of this one yet. Real quick, Frosted, Frosted Times started backing back in AOC. Sorry. We read that wrong. I read two different things on the same time. Backed. Back in the Kickstarter, AOC is still within normal timeframes for MMO. And I definitely agree. I know it, MMOs are one of the biggest game. Like it takes the longest for almost any game for uh, in development. And we're not even, they're what, seven years in? How many years in? I want to say. I first heard about them in 2017. In. So I'm not sure when they actually publicly announced it to start with. But I thought, um, it was, I thought it was 2017, 2016. Yeah, we were yeah. like, I found out about it in the fall. So I remember it was right before I had our middle child. So we're getting really like sucked into it. But, uh, but yeah, I, but yeah, they're, they're definitely, <laughs> they're definitely within the normal time frame. I know because Throne and Liberty is supposed to come out pretty soon. They've been in development for like the last 10, 12 years. I, I know WoW was in development for a while. The Elder Scrolls Online was in there for a while. I think the thing is, I think, I think the biggest difference too is that all these other games you mentioned when they were in development didn't talk about themselves exactly like, whereas ashes like we've known about it from pretty much the very start so yeah that's why people are getting so impatient is because they find out about it and then they're like why isn't this out yet why isn't this out yet because usually you hear about a game and then right after you hear about it it like comes out in about three to six months from when you actually hear about exactly. it but i think it's a little different for the kickstarter games because they you know, are on Kickstarter way, way before they're even worked on. Right. Yeah. You, you right, get to exactly. write at the start of development and, and it can, it seems so much longer because even too, like when they start to, you know, put that out there and they start to show the project, full development hasn't even started for some of those things. You might be seeing like some pre pre alpha footage or concept ideas. And, and they, they had even stated too, when they showed the weather effect, like that, you know, when they were showing just these simple transition that they, they didn't even have the tool ready yet of, or. I'm not even sure if that was even something that they considered doing originally. I know they wanted to eventually have that, that system in there, but how it was going to be implemented may have shifted through, throughout that. And, and I think that's something for people need to remember is like, we, you know, this game could take up to 12 years for development. I don't think it's going to take as that long. So that would be like another, what, another six years. Oh God. I'm, I'm hoping for my sake that it doesn't. And I, I tried for such a long time to to keep myself away from it and, and to not. And it was like, I think we had talked in a previous stream. We saw Peon's video and, and that ended up sucking us right, both of us right in where Annie was like, hey, look at this. I'm like, no, no, I, think I know like, how. I so excited from the start. Like I was like, nope, this is happening. Like I was avoiding that. it because I knew it was going to take forever and I'm extremely Take's impatient. Thoughts and it'll come out. <laughs> yeah, so we'll move on to the giant slayer banded armor all right so this is a costume cosmetic skin to battle the leviathans on vera a giant slayer must don armor that does not compromise their agility they must be fleet of foot quick to strike and flexible enough to scale great heights for them giant slayer banded armor offers the greatest protection available Oh, composed of thick leather bands covered in deadly iron spikes this armor will deflect damage from massive blows while it's Formidable or formidable spikes dissuade any colossal foe from seizing them in the mists of battle. 
This remarkable armor also features a built-in harness and climbing tools for scaling the backs of behemoths, giving truly audacious giant slayers the opportunity to get up close and personal. I love this armor set. I think it looks so freaking cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. I like it. I like it a lot. I obviously it wouldn't make sense, but I almost want to see like a variant of this that doesn't have like the, I think it would make some really cool looking barbarian armor. And so, you would enlarge it. Yeah, I can, I can do that. I think this could make like a really cool barbarian armor. I would love them to just have just the pauldrons in the legs and the arms and just leave a lot of the other stuff like open. Which would following cloth, yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, but honestly, it wouldn't make much sense when it came when it, when it come to like if you're trying to protect yourself, which I think they're actually doing a really cool design. Like the the armor makes sense so far from everything I've seen. Like you don't get a lot of like bare chested armors and, and things like that, and I don't think there will be from what I've understood because it, it's supposed to you know be a, yeah be on a more <laughs> realistic side. I hope there is some more of like something for, for for that kind of role play but it, but it does also see like if i recall correctly like the minotaurs and stuff like they're not fully clad in armor they have just like the yeah, and i think armor is, are in parts and things so i guess it just depends on yeah what is this <laughs> right and, and and that's right too is that each i forgot that they're modeling the armor different for each race so it's going to look slightly different which I, that might be a point that most people kind of forget is that every every race there when even though it's the same piece of gear it will look different so i'm kind of curious like would i see a bare chested version of this on a tolnar because they have more i would assume they have like some thicker i think that would look so cool though i'm i'm so excited to see that i i really hope we start seeing i don't know when they're going to release the full like tolnar like reveal but i'm really hoping that that's soon i think that'd be a perfect whole stream to go off of yes so excited Are there any other okay and then we've got oh there's two more pieces yeah so the Juggernaut Wagon. It's a Caravan Cosmetic Skin. So you've bagged your first Cyclops. Now, how are you going to get your Titanic Trophy to the nearest taxidermist? Members of the Order of the Giant Slayer have designed a specialized vehicle to meet this need, the Juggernaut Wagon. This is primarily an er, enormous, tar wow, enormous cargo wagon constructed in the highest quality manner with the sturdiest of components. Its massive wheels can scale the most uneven terrain, especially when pulled by a powerful beast of burden like the Dusk Thunder Rhino. The fun or this functionality allows its driver to effortlessly traverse the wildest overgrown terrain, no matter how far it strays from the road. That actually reading that makes me think that there, because I don't know if we've actually seen like stats and stuff on caravans, and I'm assuming that there will be different types of caravan. And I wonder if this one's gonna, like it talks about how no matter how you stray off the road, if there's going to be, I'm kind of curious, I'm kind of curious if caravans based off the type of caravan is going to have different bonuses and stats. And if say, say it's say you're, you're traveling through the winter or something, if this style caravan, because this is obviously gonna be a skin that goes on top of a caravan. If the the base caravan is something that it's, is better for going through rough terrain and if there's going to be benefits to maybe speed or things like that to it yeah no now that you say that that makes sense like that not all car caravans would have the same speed or the same like durability so well and, and it's too if you look at like some of the caravans some of the times they're just a single cart or sometimes they're really big and i'm kind of thinking that based off of there's must be different tiers of caravan so based off of which ones because they're going to be doing that with mounts too why not do with caravans of you can build different ones and if you want a faster one if you want one that's got more carrying capacity one that's more armored yeah like you might need to sacrifice some stats to 
get more in another. So if your caravan is more sturdy and like has higher defense, it's probably going to be slower. Whereas if you do like a faster caravan, you're probably going to sacrifice some of your defense. <laughs> so you would be like, yes, you can move faster. But if you do get caught and attacked, like there is a consequence there. Yeah, so, so that would be a nice touch if they did let you. Right, like like this one's faster. This one has is more durable, and I I want to see. I mean, I think honestly, because they have the ship building, and like I don't think it's gonna with the ship building. I think it's gonna be similar to how a lot of the other things are gonna be, where like the more skill you have, the better the ship you build. Which the reason it would be better is probably because of its stats. So I imagine exactly it better would be stats. The caravan, yeah. And and they had talked. I think too. I think they had spoken on different types of shifts. I want to say there was a, a skiff was the, the smallest one or something like that. I can't remember. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I've been, I've been watching a lot of different things as well. I might be getting things mixed up, but I, I, I remember there'd probably be, I would assume you'd have like some smaller, faster ships for traversing fat and then you have larger ships. I don't, that always, I kind of do get a little mixed up with that because you would think like a galleon probably could out, obviously galleons should be able to outrun like a smaller ship, but it'd be less maneuverable. So we'll see how that works. I'm more thinking because the Sea of Thieves is the small is a smaller ship faster. Think so? I don't, I don't remember. remember. Anyway, that doesn't matter. I'm not even talking about ships. <laughs> We're looking at ships. All right. So the last one is the Giant Slayer Lodge. Also, I'm going to pose a question to the chat. Where do you guys think that this type of aesthetic would fit in? when it comes to the map. Like that's where I've been trying to figure out is where do we think that this, uh, where the giant slayers are going to be the found. Slayers actually lodge. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I would well, spend, I mean, once I read the description, it says they spend a lot of time on the road, but they do have a place to rest. <laughs> right. And I, I'd like to know so where, where, be. where in here does everyone think that might be? I'm curious because I've, I've been trying to think of, I want to make, so we get a lot of environmental art and we get a lot of concept art and I kind of want to start trying to pair these together. I had a photo that I didn't get ready yet, but I want to look at I'll, I'll, I'll put a post of that on Twitter when I get it done. It would be fun to take like a, a little like snippet of each of the cosmetic packs that they offer. Probably just the one of the armor and then like on the map, just like. You know, we try to point where, yeah. Or we think that they are. That's yeah. true. We could have like a community board and we'll, we'll start posting, like put it, putting all yeah, the cosmetics then, where we think they should go. See how right we were. Because I have, I know, I know like for a fact what goes up in this volcano. I just didn't get that image ready, but I will have that ready for the next time. It'll be up on Twitter. But I don't know if you guys remember those Firefoxes and stuff. I can't remember the name of those either. I'm really bad with the names right now. But there was those fire boots and stuff like that for one of those cosmetic packs. And I know we're going to start to see those mobs over here, especially based on one of those buildings. But I will get that image probably put up on Twitter today. Get up there. Let's see. They did show the world boss that was a giant last live stream that came out with this cosmetic pack. That's what I'm saying. I think. Yeah, the they, giant. He, he was so cool. He had like the big ram skull and helmet and stuff. And I think that was that was talked about. That should be one of the first bosses that we experience in the alpha, which was talked about. Alpha is mainly going to be looking at the desert areas, which I'm assuming is probably the Badlands over here, this desert, and also that we're going to see the Riverlands. And I wonder if it's going to kind of show this Jundark down here. So maybe these type of areas, this is kind of like arity over here, but I, I'm really excited to see what we get in that. But I, I would agree that those giant slayers are most likely going to be somewhere 
with that. They over by the Riverlands, but I'm trying to see where it makes sense to have a rhino coming from, which kind of makes me think maybe this like Badlands, this arity area. Well, maybe, I mean, it's hard to tell, but rhinos generally live in like Savannah. That's what I'm thinking of. It's hotter climates. So right underneath Illyrium, the volcano place, can't tell that place just the color it's kind of like a yellowish green this one over here with the water in the middle yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be like a that's like a marshy i think that's like a most like a marsh is it a marsh it looks to me that looks kind of more like a marsh i'll have to pull up the original image thank you for the, the ducks in chat they had talked about that too where steven had the ducks and then went went on that Every whole time he talks about the ducks now or ducks in general margaret's like did you even like the ducks yeah because he well he was talking about how so how the hawks came and he ate, ate the ducks and he was like a oh, circle of life I know. It just blows it off. But, but yeah, I, I, I have a feeling that we'll most likely see them around in there. And then we can... But we still need to read this one. Yeah, we'll get on here. So the Giant Slayer Lodge. So this is the Freehold Building Cosmetic Skin. And it says, The life of a hunter is not always their own in the wild. There are times between hunts that a giant slayer must rest, recuperate, and revel in the grandeur of tall tales well told by their fellow hunters. And perhaps regaling others with their own. Many dreams of constructing a communal gathering place combi combining, wow, it got blurry for a second, sorry. Combining domicile, vault, and personal tavern open to any member of the order for the giant slayers. There are, are there great trophies. Jesus. <laughs> objects of renowned might to be put on display as a testament to a hunter's legendary skill and prodigious ego. For example, the mounted heads of a rare white lion, the excised wandering eye of a cyclops, or the pieced together skeleton of an enormous grunt bugly matriarch, which their <laughs> which their giant slayer giant slayer brethren insist is an utterly mythical creature that can't possibly exist, are sought after prizes hunters of the order of the giant slayers covet to display in their own lodge. That Brent Bugly Matriarch. I'm sure that will probably end up being something in the I, game. I bet. I have no idea what that would be, but Let's say Brent Bug Brent Bugly. Probably some like giant bug. I don't know. I'm Oh I'm, a skeleton though. It has to have a skeleton. Or a piece together skeleton of a Norris Grunt Bugly Matriarch. So it's definitely a based off of a uh, matriarchal society. Honestly, because a queen, right? So a lot of times so I'm wondering maybe it is something that I don't know. <laughs> it, it says a skeleton though yeah it's like the exoskeleton but... it could be they say the brethren insist it is utterly mythical and can't possibly exist i wonder if that would be something that pops up that would be like a big event <laughs> yeah wait a second can we find this let's just see real quick giant slipper lodge does it come up anywhere else no not no, that i, I see i don't think so i'll have to look at that later let's see if we can dig into something That's there was like something little... else you had said little easter eggs all over the place in these things oh because it <laughs> talked about okay so a rare white lion and then also cyclops so if we're going here so the white lion probably wasn't the last cosmetic pack that they have white white lions oh they did they did have the white lion so okay and they were in the riverlands yeah so we're definitely i'm definitely thinking so that we're gonna be, see yeah like around that area and obviously it doesn't have to stick to our world so rhinos might not just be <laughs> found over in the in the sahara I, that's where I that's where my brain was going is where I was thinking that maybe they're like more in like the the, the savannah or, or something like that but I guess that potentially could have rhinos over in like the riverlands 
Is there? Well, actually, he doesn't even look like a rhino, though. He looks more like a boar. If you doesn't, he's like a mixture of a boar and a rhino. If you like, look, he has like little like. I don't know. I mean, he looks like a rhino, but like potentially. Can you make it bigger for a second? I mean, I guess yeah. I guess he's a rhino. Yeah, he's I very know. rhino. He got that like tusk in his mouth, and it made me think of a boar. But yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll we'll find. But I, I definitely would like to see if we can figure out. I think we, as a community, we should try to figure out where we think these cosmetic packs are going and, and what what it sounds. I think that white lion reference though, is pretty good. And let's see if I can, if we can go back here because when we look at the yeah, what was it? Well, they the, like the tip of the spear. The white lion is like a yeah. Their their phantom barata that that was talked about as and you you do see like the white lion a lot in in like more of those in. We talked about this in the last stream of a lot of uh, European iconography when it comes to things like the bravery of a lion and, and, and stuff like that. So I, I wonder if we will actually see these more in the Riverlands area, which makes sense because that's where we're going to probably see that giant. And that's assuming that these guys would actually show up during the Alpha 2. Well, they said too, yeah, like the giant, like he'll just be walking through the forest and like you'll see <laughs> like this towering form and you'll hear him before you even see him. I love that. And you definitely see the Cyclops, so I feel like that is really connecting back to that, that back to the Alpha 2 and talking about how that's going to be one of the first bosses we see. So it would be pretty cool if we do see Yeah, this. Mr. Hunt. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move away from the cosmetics and head into the... Actually, we had a couple questions where we had a question that came up from the YouTube channel. If you guys aren't doing that, go check out Tangents of Creation over on YouTube. There should be a... If you guys hit exclamation YT, that should pop up with a link in the in the chat and you guys can go and follow that link and check that out if you are interested in it but there was a comment over there asking us what we are looking forward to the most and also what we're concerned about the most when it comes to ashes of creation and i'd actually like to pose that question to the chat too if you guys want to drop in what you're excited about the most and also what your biggest concerns are when it comes to the game i'd love to see everyone else's opinions on these things and uh, annie i actually i'm gonna let you take that first if, if you'd like so what I'm most excited about, which I've said it a few times, is I'm really looking forward to the professions. And for me, that's the animal husbandry. I am like so passionate about <laughs> just everything that they've said so far about the animal husbandry and like breeding the, the pets and the mounts and kind of, I don't dwell a little background about me. Like I play like a bunch of horse simulator games because I love horses, but they have some that have, like you can breed the horses and they have realistic horse genetics. So I get like really into genetics and stuff and trying to breed for like certain coat colors and traits and things on these horses on these Sims games. So that's something I'm really looking forward to having with like mythological creatures is like trying to breed for whatever traits they give us. So like butterfly wings on a dragon mount or something like that. Like that'd just be so cool to me. And I'm like looking forward to how much we can manipulate this and how far we can go with I, I do want to know this profession. <laughs> I do want to know how you go ahead and breed a dragon to a butterfly, but we don't need to get into it, that. It's magic, okay? <laughs> but um yeah, so that's oh, Dante's not here. I was gonna but, say that yeah. might be that might be out there with some of Dante's kinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> see that callback later when you watched it on VOD. <laughs> but so that's what I'm most excited for as far as immediate things. There's so many other things that like just they they just get my excitement levels up, and 
I have a hard time like thinking of everything on the spot, but overall there's pretty much everything in this game is something I'm looking forward to. As for, what was it, things we're concerned about? Yeah, what are your biggest concerns when it comes to, yeah. I guess for me, that would be the PVP. I think in theory, they have a really good system from how it sounds like they're gonna handle the PKing and that sort of thing. But again, we need to actually see it in action because <laughs> like I've mentioned a few times, I'm not a very big PVP player when it comes to just like player killing. I don't mind doing battlegrounds, things like that, but I don't like so much when somebody just maliciously kills you for no reason. Like it's, I don't like when someone kills me to steal my stuff either, but at least there's a reason behind it. <laughs> so I think that's for me something that is, I'm taking their word for it, that it's, it's gonna work out. But again, I'm concerned in the sense that I want to see it in action. <laughs> with how the corruption system and things are going to work to try and prevent that sort of behavior. I, I'm kind of on you with that, and I, I'll, I'll touch on that when I get into mine. I did see a comment from Frosted Times about Arcage had the best water mechanics of any game that I've ever played, and they're modeling the water mechanics of Arcage. I agree. I thought Arcage's naval combat and stuff, just naval content in general was really cool. I love that there were like these massive monsters in there and, and that was some that's actually one of the things that i'm really excited about that i didn't know i was excited about until they had mentioned that the open seas were just going to be we're going to be like, pvp no, flight yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i there's something about that i don't know what it is there's just something in my brain clicked when it, when they said that that it makes me so excited to potentially get out on the open seas where it's going to be extremely dangerous i'm probably get my ass kicked same but I, there's something about like the the idea of like being like you know that kind of pirate character and, and being able to go out in the open seas and PVP and just the fact that there's going to be you know those hidden treasures out there. I, I honestly bet that this 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 little center island. If, if you guys have seen the map, there's this there's this tiny little island between the the two sides, and I bet that that will be a very big contested PVP spot. I think that would. I honestly oh, yeah. could see, I honestly could see a, a majority of PVP probably happening there. I, I'm kind of curious of how that spreads out in that zone of influence, but I do think that some of these islands where where you do have to traverse and, and get there, you could see potentially a ton of different PVP going on. For me, the thing I'm excited about the most, and I guess I haven't really even thought about this because I'm I'm very excited for the game in general. For me, it's just having a new world to go and explore. And I'm I'm really excited about the lore and how they're designed the game to be very discoverable. Like I said, Steven's yeah, keeping yeah, Steven's been keeping a lot of the lore close to the chest. And I am a big lore guy. I, I one of my favorite things about when I was heavily playing World of Warcraft was I read all the books. I dive deep into you know, I, I wasn't sitting there reading every quest, but um, you know, when 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 those things came up, I, I really enjoyed learning about the world and I, I try to do that with like the couple books I'm reading right now. I just I want to know more about the world. I want to know more about like the the different societies in the world, and and those are the things that make me really excited. That's why I really like seeing the cosmetic packs when those come out too. Is getting to see and learn about the different cultures that are going to be in the game, and like trying to soak up as many of those different lore bits as possible. Especially there were several games that I really enjoyed learning about the creation myths of like how how the worlds were created. I've done that with reading, even like we play Pathfinder second edition and I've played D&D, &D, but even like reading about the gods and it just soaking up all that information and the fact that in this game, it's gonna be something that's discoverable, something we're gonna find along the way and that there's gonna be things I'm not gonna learn about unless I'm on a different server, which kind of makes, I don't give you some incentive to play on different servers and check things out. I'm also 
excited about that. That all server pretty much is going to be different. Right, and that all depends on <laughs> go into a different server and have a completely different like thing going on. And, cool. and that's also going to depend on how much time I actually have available to play the game. But being able to just, you know, one character on every server, <laughs> having have, having a game again where my story is based off of like the world and my experiences, and not that cookie cutter like you're the chosen one and everyone's getting the same thing. Like you're you're now a general of the army. Like that's one of the things that started to kind of deter me from WoW a bit, and and one of the things coming back to it because we've been playing a little bit is I don't really care to like be the, the world's champion or whatever. Like I just want to go in the world and be an adventurer and you know forge my story within in that in that world and having that player agency. And that's definitely one of the biggest draws to, to this game for me is is I want to go back to a world where my character doesn't fucking matter. But like <laughs> what matters is the group experience and, and all those things. Like I don't want to be the chosen one. I don't want to be a leader of this and that. I like I want I mean don't get me wrong. When it comes to the guild, like I do want guild lead and I also want to raid lead and all those things. But when it comes down to actually playing, I just want to be a character in the game. I don't want to be the fucking be all and all because it's so immersion breaking when you when you just save the world for the fifth fucking time and no one in the town cares. <laughs> yeah. And then I say, like, why am I helping you with this? I don't care. Like, I'm supposed to be this guy. Like, it's immersion. My servants to go do this for you. Like, <laughs> right. And it's so immersion breaking for me to, to, to have that experience in these other games because I'm like, dude, like, what? Like, I don't know. Why am I not War Chief when it comes to like World of Warcraft? I've done all the work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and that, that expansion. Is oh, like, Jesus! Just everyone gets more cheap. You just sit in the. You just sit on the throne. And everyone just comes to you. That's. <laughs> right. You, you're, you are now just a quest giver. It didn't. Uh, Viva the Dirt League has an episode like that where they're where they're uh, sitting down or what, they they slowly become an NPC because they realize he's yeah. like handing out the quest. That was actually pretty funny. And the thing I'm concerned the most about i guess I, for me too it, it comes down to the pking because that's not a fun experience i don't mind pvp late and also for like the the open world stuff like i i do like the idea of it being dangerous you needing to have friends i i like the idea of the game isn't going to be solo friendly like you're going to have to have connections and, and people to play with and, and stuff like that i guess what my biggest concern would be is if this if the MMO landscape has changed too much to where people don't want to be social and that could end up being the downfall of, are we gonna have enough player base to have all these social experiences? And can this be like a renaissance of MMO games going forward too, of like, this is gonna re-spark like the socialness that we miss in MMO games. I, I know like for me, it, it can be, we've, I, you know, we, we went back to WoW, we did, I've done two dungeons now and I think I've had I've tried to talk and I think I have had two people say something or there's been two lines of text, which uh, one of them was a hunter forgot to take his pet off of, uh, off of, he kept, he kept taunting and pulling aggro off of me. So it was, oh yeah, my bad. And that's like the only thing I've heard in, in the, in the dungeons we've done so far. And it's definitely sad because when I, when I first started playing MMOs, it was heavily, heavily social. And it was around the time when like instant messenger was a thing so it, it almost was like this virtual instant messenger and we're so connected now and like have so many different like ways to talk to people that i think it, with it's even like with the explosion of of streaming and stuff like that and, and that content over the years like everything is so it's at your fingertips it's almost like you could throw away most things because it just doesn't matter there there's so many shows on like netflix or or 
Amazon that have come and gone that people won't ever think about again because because content is so freely absorbed and, and freely throw away that I feel like we we have done that about with a bit with socialness and games like it doesn't I don't care about this guy I'm not gonna see him the next time like him I'm not gonna talk to him while I'm in the dungeon so I what I'm what I want to see the most is to have that community come back to the game but also like my concern is if the landscape is still there that there are players that want that experience or if it's going to turn people off that they're not going to be able to have their single player game experience anymore in MMO. So yeah, th thank you and welcome to my TED talk about the the internet and how it is keeping us extremely connected but also very divided. So yeah, I think that's I think with what you were saying about your concern like I definitely think that's going to be a factor that's going to make it so and Steven said it so many times where this is not an MMO for everyone. So if that's not your thing, like if you want to play a game or you just sit in your garrison and don't ever have to talk to anybody and when you do interact with groups of people, it's in like looking for raid where the most you do is yell at somebody because they aren't doing their role right, then like play, you know, play a different game. But I think there's a lot of people who maybe don't know that what they're missing. Right. And when they play this and actually have to start like being social like you're gonna inevitably form friendships with people like in in the real world you know like well, i know a lot of our friends like we have some really good friends that we've made through <laughs> through playing world of warcraft back in the day that ended up being like guild mates and we did raids together and stuff and like now like we're all friends in real life like they live far away but like on social media and stuff like we keep in touch and like we we always talked about too of like how we wanted to like meet up at like, like BlizzCon and stuff like that and and uh, I think as we have all I mean because it's been years since we've all played together but we definitely kind of started to, to move away from that but yeah I'm, I'm I made a lot of online friends especially in, in in my real life I do have a bit of social anxiety I have a hard time wanting to go out and 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 and, and make no, when he does go out he ends up being the center of attention like <laughs> yeah i have I'm, a drink or two and he's jumping up on barrels like it's it's it's, it's it's always very confusing for people because i consider myself the world's most extroverted hermit like as soon as i'm out in the public i forget how much i actually enjoy doing it but 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 overall like it, it does take a bit for me to want to get there but like i and i think too it comes down to i like having i'm trying to think of the word not just similar interests but i, I can't think having like an activity to do i can't think of how i want to word this right now is having like a, a, a think you've had it like playing a game like right we're all sitting down we're, we're doing a group activity we're doing doing the same thing whereas like a lot of times too like when it comes to socializing i'm like well what are we gonna do like i don't want to just do the same thing like i, I want to actually have a a similar interest and in, adventure right like oh yeah let's go on an adventure let's do some fun shit adventure right or do axe throwing or something yeah. right something like that axe throwing would be really fun but a lot of times too it's just like oh let's go to this dive bar i'm like man i'm not interested in, in, in just going to dive bar like i want to make i want to have experiences and, and do stuff and so like when when i when i do like I'm like oh let's go out i'm like i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i want to you gotta give me a reason to but when i guess for me like when for me mmos was a big thing was I could sit down with friends. We could go on this grand epic adventure and, and do stuff. And, and that was like that shared experience. There we go, shared experience was looking for. And, and, and with within doing that, like we made real life friends that we had all those similar interests and, and then you learn more about that. And we made some pretty good, pretty good friendships and pretty good bonds. Uh, sadly though, as as the guild started to d dissolve, a lot of those fen friendships kind of, you know, kind of separated. But I am looking forward to having that experience again. And I'm hoping that this landscape allows for that again because it i don't know i when we even when we were doing that dungeon the other day and that like the hunter was was pulling aggro like 
I think there was a version of me back when I was heavily into WoW and the, and the game was changing where I would have wanted to kick that guy. And I was like, I just wanted to show him how like, hey, are you doing this? Like, you need help with your class? Like, and I think we should get back to that as as a community. And I think Ashes could could do that of like, you know, you're you're investing not just your time, but you're investing in other people of like, how do, how do I teach you how to do this? Like, wh what do we do? What do you need help with? And I think that's, that's what's lacking in so many games. And I don't want to play a pinata like simulator. Like I, I want to actually have make, make friendships and, and have a more social experience when playing the game. So yeah, that's, that's my concern is if we are going to be able to have that player base there and to keep that player base going forward and what that looks like for the longevity and health of the game is, are people going to want that? And is that going to last? Actually, I saw, I was just reminded of a, a video I saw. It was on Facebook on my newsfeed, but it was like a scenario of, sorry, my, something just went off. I think it caught my voice. Anyway, sorry. it was like a very, I'm trying to think of the word. It just like had like a wow moment, like where, it's this video where it shows this scenario of like there's this woman who she's like trying to figure out where she's going and it must have been before there was cell phones and there's like a man who's sitting on a bench waiting for his bus who like notices that she looks lost and he comes over and like asks her if she needs help and then it strikes up a conversation and then it like shows like this whole like you know flash forward of like they ended up like connecting and they have a first date and then they end up like you know, getting engaged, getting married, like having kids, like living their whole life together. And then like they both, you know, pass away and things together. And then it like goes back to when they would have first met and they both have a cell phone and she has her GPS on her phone and she just walks right by him while he's on the bus seat. And it's kind of like was that wow moment where you're like, holy cow, like because of that, that convenience of the gps on her phone like there that conversation never happened where she was lost and like made a connection with this person who she like ended up having this whole life with you know she just walked right by what could have been a whole thing and i think that's the same direction for the most part that a lot of mmos have gone where we have this convenience of like looking for raid like all these group finders things like that where we miss out on all of these <laughs> social social aspects that could come from people actually like having a conversation and i mean that's like a big example but that it just made me think of that um i wish i could find that video and swap it up somewhere because it's it's really yeah, good <laughs> But, but yeah, that, I mean, that is true. It's it, And we have lost a lot of that socialness in games. And like, man, I don't know. I'm trying to think even, even like the shit talking and stuff too. Like, man, it used to be fun to jump on Xbox. I'm sure that still happens in most games, but jumping on <laughs> Xbox Live and talking shit to people. But I, I think at the more I've played, the more disconnected I've gotten. I, I don't know if that's everyone's experience, but like, I, you know, there, there are times of... You know, I don't even feel like putting a headphone on to, to, to even talk shit to somebody. Not that I did that a ton, but you know, like I, there is an aversion to that. And it's been actually something that's been really fun about coming back and, and starting to create the community again and, and doing our community nights is, is everyone jumping in voice chat and talking to each other and, and, and all those different things. And so, yeah, that, that would, that's my, that's my concern of, of where we are, not just, not just in gaming, but just how life tends to be now is if, if a social game 
where where at its core is, is built around being social if, if that still survives and i think that when it comes to that question of if, if intrepid should be worried about the riot mmo i really feel like riot is going to fall more into how wow kind of is i don't really see them being a even even if they don't end up putting a looking for raid or looking for guild I, i'm not sure i'm talking about my ass i'm making some speculation but i just feel like their market is going to be geared towards those fans where i feel like ashes is market is for those like players like us i feel like i feel like even like the 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 player base of ashes will probably be on a bit on, on like the older side probably in in you know the later 20s and even beyond because i feel like that that's where i mean most of us at a time we wanted the convenience that wow had given us because our lives started getting busier as we got older and then once we got older we're like well now i have time to go back and do the stuff i enjoyed and, and, and experienced <laughs> Let's see. And Daryl says the time before the internet. It still happened, but it just didn't feel like it was years ago. Yeah, I mean, I you know. So I don't know. I think Ashes can survive, but that is that's my biggest concern. I think it's it has it has less of to do with the actual game itself and, and how the player base is going to react. Because I think there are also people now that are following it. They're really excited that maybe aren't even aware of like you could get killed at any moment being out in the world. And I, I feel like that that. I think some people realize that, but I think also us, when we first heard about it, we we're getting into it, and then there was a moment where we're just like, wait, what? Oh, no. Right, yeah, when we learned that it was all going to be, like, pretty much open-world PvP, but then we learned more about the corruption system and stuff, so that kind of put our, our minds at ease a little, but we did kind of have that initial gut reaction where we're like, oh, like, and that, and as we're probably thinking of every single time we've ever played open world PVP and like had some asshole trying to ruin our day. Like, and I think that's, that's I think a lot of that too comes from like that toxic culture that WoW has when it comes to like PVP because you did have a lot of ganking. There was no re like there's no punishment as far as I'm aware unless they finally implemented one then WoW like killing someone who's like 20 levels below you that other than not getting honor like there's nothing stopping that but when I did went for a brief step when I was playing Arc Age and I was doing some PvP in that that felt a lot different and a lot better and it didn't feel as toxic um, but also there's factions in that so it'd be really interesting to see also that actually I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when everyone doesn't when they don't have that faction to back them up right so you do start being a dick and you realize I only have my guild. I don't have the entire faction backing me. Like, what does that look like too? Like, I, I don't even know if there are any games currently out there that you can play where there's not a faction. Am I am I wrong in thinking that? Say, is there any non-faction based MMOs right now? I can't. I can't really think of any. I'm pretty sure you still have like the backing of your entire faction for most most things. PvP on yeah. Rust is super toxic. You mean in comparison to Ashes where... Right, where there's not going to be... Do PKing, you like pretty much start getting hunted down by everybody. Right, like anybody could hunt you. Your own guild members could hunt you down. Like, you are not safe. Like, I think that's something too is is, is to remember that there's going to be ways to drop off corruption from, from PKing, but it's going to be a process. So I'm I'm actually really I'm kind of excited to see it too of like what bounty hunting is going to look like and so I don't know so yeah I think when it comes to the core gameplay and stuff Ashes is going to do even if they came out and they had even if they came out and was another generic MMO right or if they hit that ESO tier right where where it's 
or Guild Wars 2, like it, I, if it even hit that level where, you know, it's fun to play. It's got a it's got a decent player base, a healthy player base now for MMOs, I think is a lot smaller. I think for WoW, when it used to have so many millions and millions of players, I don't think MMOs are actually ever going to be getting back to that point. Like, I don't think there will ever be that king MMO. And I, I think that's because there are so many different games now in the in the gaming market it is saturated that I think for a game to be healthy, like having, I don't know, like, I don't even know, I, I want to say like even up towards a million would be is a healthy player base. But I guess, I guess if there's just a big enough player base for the game to function, like it's still a healthy game. So that one's kind of hard to like pinpoint of what, what actually is defined as a, a healthy MMO at this point of, uh, or for a player base. I don't remember where I was going with that tangent. I just completely went off with that one. Someone wants to remind me where I went with that. Like I just train of thought just went completely somewhere else. We were talking about uh, PK. I think I'm bored. <laughs> where was I going with that tangent? Oh, I hate that's one thing I one thing that is very distracting for me is when I go on a tangent, I can't remember what the actual conversation that I was buying that to was. Yeah, let's see. So we can actually get to events now that I uh, sure I just went a half hour on that question. I actually would like to pose a question to the chat if the, what asking what you guys are most excited about, what some of your biggest concerns are. I definitely would love to hear from the community of, of those things or just in general, like, you know, what, what would you like to see in, in those type of things? So kind of give a little space for that if there is anything there. And again, ships are ships. Ships, just ships. You just, you're excited for ships. And we're going to have our master, uh, master craftsman of ships. I think that's actually really cool is that, <laughs> is that we are going to have, be, be able to focus on professions and things like that, it, which adds so much because that's another thing too is you play a lot of mmos where you don't really have like professions are there but they find, kind of feel stapled on and i i feel really sad for the 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 state of eso's crafting because of of how basically you can buy all the reagents off the store and and, and all those things i think that was a terrible move on their part but it, like i i understand why i just don't understand why game companies don't realize that for the long-term health of their games of not putting in the pay for convenience things because like I, I think you're it's it's almost like they don't care about the core player base like or, or, or not even that but I think they just want to turn a quick profit that's what it is and they're trying to they're trying to get those like everybody wants that instant gratification so they would rather make a bunch of money in the start instead of like a long-term investment with their game like making income over time Right, so, so they're looking at those people that are only going to be in there for like two to three months, if that, maybe like a month, and trying to figure out how do we maximize the most profit off of these people. Because most games get the most players when they first launch, so they want to have a pretty robust shop to try and get those that spike of players to spend as much as possible in the beginning before they stop playing, because the second a player stops playing, they don't make money from them anymore. Right. And, and I think a lot of them aren't confident in their games lasting very long. <laughs> so I think they hope for it, but they would rather turn a quick profit, which is ultimately what leads to their games kind of going downhill. And uh, I, I'm really hoping that we do see a change in, in that, that culture in gaming with, with Ashes coming out and, and them going for the, you know, only a cosmetic shop, no pay for convenience. It's going to be more difficult. You're going to have this older feel. And I'm really hoping that that does, excuse me, 
give it a renaissance to to the MMO genre that it so desperately needs because I feel like it is on its last leg. And, and I say that even though there's still millions of people playing MMOs currently, but it's it's just it I and I guess it's it's fans like myself that feel displaced and can't seem to find a game that that fits what I've been looking for. And you know, because we do hear that a lot, MMOs are dead or whatever, it's a dying genre, but I mean, these games are still making like fists over like cash like over and over like they're making so much goddamn money that are they really dead and i think they're just dead for the people who grew up playing the earlier mmos and we we miss how they used to used to function so i i don't know i feel like even just being an mmo player like i feel like the even that term has its own subsets of, of what people are looking i think like you have you know classic we you got your classic mmo players and that i think we're that we're trying to find our home again people stop playing when when it costs too much yeah i i agree too well yeah that's the thing is even so you'll have the spenders and what was that we just watched that when oh they were talking about these games yeah i think on archange where you have yeah. the whales because it's heavily pay to win after a while the small fish stop playing and then the whales this stop, whale stop, stop eating essentially. That's so, the thing is, is <laughs> whales go away too. The whales need smaller players to, to consume, and, and I think that's that's a thing too. Is like these play these these pay to win games definitely start they they cannibalize their their player base and they leave the whales up at the top with nothing to do. Uh, let's see, it's not dead. These games caved caved to the majority. The majority want Candy Crush, Lost Ark, Care Bear crap. Millions of us are outvoted way too much than these MMOs like New World fail. If they go after our player base like Steven is going to do, it will attract millions. And I agree because I, I believe... Exactly. It's it's dead for players like us. Right. There's definitely a big surge of like the mobile gamer players. Exactly. Those people who want... That kind of pay to win because <laughs> that's all they've known. It, and, and it does... As I was saying earlier is there will be... I think there will be people who don't even realize that they want this type of game until they actually play it. Exactly, and and that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that when, when once people start playing that and they realize like, wow, you know what, this is more fulfilling. This does feel better. Th this is I didn't even realize like I want. And, and you know what, I think you actually see that with people going to Vanilla WoW and stuff like that and playing and playing the other and how popular that actually was. Say no to mobile games. I agree. There's very few mobile games that have actually held my attention. One of which is like an interior decorating <laughs> design game that is now starting to drive me crazy because it did start getting more pay to win with like packs of materials for decorating you can only get if you spend money and things like that so i'm like eh. but but see and that's the thing actually it is kind of interesting because i don't think people realize this is that the when it comes to mobile games females actually make up most of the demographic that's true i don't know you anymore Kolia. yeah i he's Kolia. okay hear me out we make ashes of creation combat simple enough that we can play on our phones on the go <laughs> It's a bad, like, am I, am I using, like, a Steam link and then I can just use a controller? I'm up, dude. Didn't they say, though, that they're going to have, like, a mobile app so you can actually do... No, they'll be, like... Like, you're... I don't know. They, I know, I know for, like... On me. I, I haven't heard enough details, but they're going to have a mobile app so you can, like, vote and stuff on... Yes, you, you, I think, well... And I wonder if you'll be able to, like, check in on your like homestead stuff yeah it'll be like it'll be like freehold stuff which yeah. i think that's actually pretty cool and i think that's smart of them too as it, it keeps you engaged it keeps you it keeps you I, like I, I have no problem with them finding some way to keep you engaged on, on multiple platforms i know that steven had talked about too of like 
wanting to it, like this is just one portion of ashes and then they could see other things and honestly i would love to see tabletop stuff i would like to see novels come out like i'm i'm a huge like man when i when i find some like a game that i love i like <laughs> right when i find a game that i love like oh, dude i'll be buying the t-shirts i'll be buying you know the I board games so they have funko pop <laughs> um things <laughs> i definitely hope that we get there ashes the board game dude it would be sweet like you trying to build up nodes and other people trying to just i can uh, steven hire me i got some ideas <laughs> i got some ideas for the uh, board game and i definitely think you'll, you'll see uh, that branching out into multiple different things and honestly i know a lot of people were upset with the uh, the battlegrounds not the battleground what was it the is that what they're called what the fuck are the fortnite games style called battlegrounds <laughs> i want to say uh Yes, with Battlegrounds. Yeah. When, when Apocalypse came out, which they, they had stated too, was more to test out like how the action combat would feel. And, and you did actually see some of Battle Royale. There we go. Yep. You, you do see like, like some, of, some of those things come out. Yeah, about... <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I can't. I'm not super up to date with tons. Of, I am, but I, I always forget the terms of most of these games because I don't play them. But I think it would be awesome. Thank you, Goliath, for following. I think it would be awesome to actually see that of, uh, as an option and having like just just having different Ashes of Creation branded things, because I think they could pick up different type of player base and, and that would help to funnel people into the MMO and keep that healthy. And I just I love seeing like all those different cross pollinizations and stuff too in games. So I think that's actually a really good thing. And it's just, I, like I said, I'm very hyped on this game. So the more I can, the more of it I can get, the better. But I did that with WoW too. Like when, when I was super into WoW, like, man, we, I had so many different, like I remember reading all the different novels and, and just getting lost in that world. And that's, I guess that for me, I, it's been a long time since yeah, I've had like a game. World like of Warcraft t-shirts. You can always tell when he's into something cause he starts getting <laughs> Dude, I, I keep I keep seeing all this swag behind Steven when he, when we do the when he does the dev streams and I, I see all the swag and I'm like please just be available like drop the cosmetics shop shit like let me buy like fucking let me buy plushies and like t-shirts and shit I saw they had the mark the the, the mock-up of them too like they showed the mugs and shit and like I want that stuff give me shit to collect but oh my god that would be amazing Golian said imagine an entire section of the Barnes and Noble is taken up by Ashes of Creation ERP novels. <laughs> you can see some narc oh, underwear. I How see, I didn't see the I didn't see the ERP novels. I just saw Ero like an erotic roleplay novel. Dude, I'll read it. I don't care. I was thinking. Well, I was thinking like an entire section just of like Ashes of Creation merchandise. I'm guess we're, we'll see some. We'll see some Tolar and Pirate. I got excited over that comment before I finished reading it, but I think that was. That'd be funny too. <laughs> we have uh, some, uh, see some hot eroticism between Tolnar and Pyrae. Oh my God. Grab my antlers. I was thinking <laughs> I should probably do, because I think I'm going to start doing some some more cosplay. And I was like, I need to do like a big orc mommy. Oh yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I should do a big orc and crush me with those thighs. <laughs> oh God. God. <laughs> some narc underwear. The after show. No. Yeah, the after dark. We have talked about that. If you guys are new to the show, we have considered possibly doing a chaos and lace after oh dark God. or a bit more of a... Oh. How funny would that be, though? Off the rails. Got narc like underwear with narc space on it. Oh my god, I'm gonna do that, guys. Maybe that should be the new sub goal. If I hit 50, I'll be after after the spicy after the spicy one. If we can hit a certain number, I'll get I'll get some underwear with maybe, narc space. I'll try to get his attention. I, Just keep spamming his Discord with the me with his face on my junk. That'll be that'll be my 50. When I need to get my yeah. first. I think I'll so. Wear, yeah, like that. I'll get some underwear with narc space on it. <laughs> there you go. And a T-shirt with his face on it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, or a narc's into orc mommies, so that could go hand in hand. 
your friend Narc. Let's it's see. Called networking. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> TNDS, thank you for the follow. This is getting. This is this is the best part of the podcast, guys. When you come in oh, late, yeah, it the starts end, to. The end always gets like. We still have. <laughs> we still have like three or four things that we wanted to talk about this stream. This is definitely as as we start getting into the. I feel so bad too because <laughs> with Margaret. 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 Margaret on the booth. <laughs> Just one. You see, there you go. You'd have one. You'd have a broad. It's got. It's got a face of Stephen, then face of Margaret on the. Other. Oh my god. I always. I always wonder too because it's all good. I always wonder too because I know people on the YouTube don't watch watch this all the way through, and it's like for for those of you who have or, or I, don't, I don't know where you guys have come from specifically, but I I wonder how much of the actual like awesomeness of the podcast they miss out because most of it the the, the it does it is a slow burn. It takes a bit for the podcast to. For us to get to this point where it starts to get very because we we really do rely on the community a lot to help us drive this and we really appreciate you guys coming out and talking so still pretty new that that <laughs> that's that really that's true this is only the fifth fifth, fifth episode so but we we definitely do like to interact with the community a, a bunch so the more that you guys come the better the show gets it, it helps with because I, I, I know a lot of podcasts they have like all these set goals that they want to do and i just i really enjoy just having a community discussion and hanging out and that's the thing that we're really going for with, with in regards to the, the podcast so it's it's very fun to just interact with everybody I, i've listened through multiple episodes and i do i love listening to the, the conversation because I think as I'm doing this, it's hard for me to like really conceptualize like the, the entire conversation. But looking back and listening, to everybody, oh, it's Jesus. You know what? Oh my God, Daryl, I am going to. I'll, I'll allow that. Okay, we will. <laughs> we will allow that, guys. You're gonna make me have to put a mature rating. I'll allow on. it. <laughs> we just won't read it. <laughs> we won't read it, but everyone in the chat can enjoy that. You're gonna make me have to put the mature filter on this. So yeah, moving off of that. But yes, I do. All of you, just all at once. Let's see. Okay. Gathering my thoughts. Leading into that comment, we will move over to the event system. And there were some questions that were asked, some follow-up questions, which are for Mayor Ren events. What are some events that you think of when you think of that you'd want a nodes mayor to be capable of running? So I'm sorry, if, if you guys are listening to the podcast, make sure that you show up to the live show, especially when I swear to God, it's always like around... Oh my God, this is a long one. We're going to 3.30. I want to say it was like after two is when things are like really start to go. So show up at the stream around like two o'clock Eastern and over on Twitch and we'll have some fun times. So where are some events that you would like to see a nodes mayor be capable of running? And I was trying to think of like what would be cool for a mayor to be able to do like four events. And I think parades would actually be really cool to see like yeah, a... So say like, say a group or citizens or whatever go and they, and they just downed a raid boss or something. I think it would be really cool for like, I don't know, there to say on the town hall or something as a spot where you can mount like the, the head or something of like a giant raid boss. Wow used to do that, right? Where you could, if oh, Yeah, I mean, occasionally like, yeah, there'd be something. I know there's like a big dragon head. That. Right, I forget where it was, but you would, you could, you, the head would be mounted in the, in the, and I know for Orgrimmar, it, it'd be like in front of the, the. Yeah, actually, I've seen it almost every single time I've been in Orgrimmar because people no, no, probably no. are just farming that dungeon. <laughs> but I think that would be really cool. Is that not only it will the head be mounted, but having some type of parade where you, you know the heroes are, are kind of like celebrated or a bit of, of like good job on the raid, like that kind of thing. I think that'd be kind of cool. Well, it'd be cool too, even if like. If the parade happens, maybe you're offline, like your character like has an NPC character that 
marches in the parade. So like, you know, it's like, just, yeah, it's some type of, of, you're like avatar of just out there. People yeah, like, like you have like your most recent mount or something. It like pulls in that info and then your <laughs> NPC version is in the, the parade. And like, maybe like, instead of like parade floats, it has like the head of whatever <laughs> boss. <laughs> I, th see, I think that would be pretty cool. Just <laughs> as it's going through like the town square, it's just, it's like a, a, a it, you know, yeah, maybe that it's on like a it's on a cart and people are wheeling it through the, the metropolis. I think that would be cool. Other events that the mayor could run. Yeah, I, I think it'd be cool. I'm not sure this will even happen, but it would be cool if like the mayor could fund festivals. So like they because they get the tax dollars and then can decide where to spend them. And it would be cool if they could use like a percentage of it to put money into like maybe there's like a whole list of different types of festivals and each festival has like different games and events and things that players can participate in so like they they fund that festival and then it happens and maybe you get the chance at like you know like different armors or cosmetic skins because i'm thinking of like in world of warcraft like they have like the dark moon fair and things like that and i was actually different events but like it would be something that's like funded by the mayor and that's what starts the, starts the event is once they fully fund it See, I was actually thinking that you brought that up and they would like medieval times and stuff. It would have those big like tournaments and things like that. And I actually yeah, think that like would be have like a dousing competition or something. Right. That'd be cool. I think <laughs> that actually would be really cool. And not only that, because you're taxing the citizens and everything, but it'd be really cool if that was a way to have other citizens of different notes coming to your metropolis. Not only they're coming right. to trade, also, but there's like, there's increasing, increasing morale and things like that. Right. Like, and and you're also <laughs> you're also collecting the, the taxes off of like people that are coming to, you know, say you buy ale or what buy ticket, whatever it is that you're buying to spectate or all these things that if you could like be able to purchase and that's going to help to grow the metropolis also because that's that's something too with the game is remembering that like there, there is going to be kind of like a real life market and, and stuff like that when it comes to how the game is set up is that you're you know certain things are taxed so if you could get like travelers and visitors to come to your metropolis for like different things well and then it could be one of those things where like say for example this node in particular has a higher tax rate well it's more permissible by the citizens because maybe a larger amount of that taxes is going towards like fun events like these tournaments or these fairs and things so it's kind of like in general higher taxes decrease morale but if those taxes are going towards something that benefits the citizens in a very direct way then like people might be like okay yeah like this is fine you know <laughs> yeah it would be really cool to see how how they, they do that uh, daryl had said something about undead events so that is actually one of the events that can happen. I have it up on here is the, <laughs> where are they? That would be fun. Is this the right one? Okay. You have at, where, where the hell is it? Monster coin events. There we go. I think honestly, we should take note of that and post that in the forum or something. I, I will. I'll suggest an idea. I think I get, that would be fun. When I get the transcript, I'll copy and paste it. So monster coins are going to be available. And so if you guys don't know what monster coin events are, see this ranges from playing as a horde of zombies to becoming a massive dragon. So some of the things that will pop is there, there'll be some type of event that comes and you, you, the thing is, oh, actually this is going to tie in because you, you were talking about what could happen after you fail an event. 
So we'll, we'll get into that after this conversation. So I want to, I'm actually gonna come over here and highlight consequences so I remember that. So one of the things that can happen is that you'll, you'll pop an event and you can spend a coin to play on the monster side. So these things will be like, you know, a, a zombie invasion, a, a dragon coming. And what it is, is that, that those hordes of whatever are going to go and try to attack either, a you know, the village, whatever. I, I don't know if it's the most developed node or if it would, or if even the surrounding vassals could be attacked by these things. That would actually be cool to get some clarification on. But yeah, so so as these events pop, you're if you are not, I don't know, even, I think even if you are a citizen, you can still use a monster coin. You, you eventually, anyway, you, you get to play as the monster that's attacking the, the node and trying to de-level it and, and do these different things. So I, I definitely know that those are part of the, the planned events. And the thing is too, like say say you're in the world and, and you notice a camp of goblins is starting to form outside the city. If you don't, if people aren't going and taking care of that, that can eventually grow into a bigger issue that is now something that now there's going to be an event that pops because that wasn't addressed or say you're you're leveling up the node and then you got you, you serve a dragon if that raid of that dragon's not taken care of no one goes and takes care of it that dragon will start to make itself over to the node to go start to attack it i thought that was some really cool stuff i have monster coin stuff i would love to see i don't know if that's going to be alpha 2 yet that would be really that if that's implemented yeah. then looking forward to that one that's kind of it's a fun fun touch <laughs> i like it so you had brought up because this was another thing of what are some of the consequences of failing an event that you can imagine happening to your node you call home and you had mentioned what you thought would be kind of neat so i don't think complete destruction of the node would be maybe in some circumstances but i think a more fun and we're not or like opportunist thing that could happen when you fail an event is that instead of your node being complete, completely destroyed, it's damaged, which leaves it susceptible to sabotage. So like say this dragon comes in and like wreaks havoc on your city, leaves like the walls, you know, in shambles, like a lot of the buildings are either destroyed or on fire. And then like the dragon, you know, does does this damage and then like eventually leaves and he wasn't he wasn't thwarted in time well from there as the citizens of that node are trying to build you know build their city back up and repair everything that node is now susceptible to maybe like a guild that doesn't like that node or other other nodes that would rather see that that node fail <laughs> so that they can build their node up to make a siege against this damaged node. So you could have just been <laughs> completely obliterated to the pretty much the brink of destruction by this dragon. And while you're trying to rebuild, suddenly you see these armies starting to form on the horizon that want to now finish the job. And I think that would be a nice touch. <laughs> it would definitely add a lot of sense of urgency to make sure that you address these threats as they're forming before it actually turns into a full-blown problem and making sure that you actually <laughs> defeat the threat because if you don't defeat the threat and you fail that event you could be leaving yourself open to sabotage and yeah all sorts of not good things <laughs> that could happen when you have a city that has a lot of its defenses destroyed because they had they had talked about too that that's essentially how how it kind of works after a siege like say as your your node is getting de-leveled 
I, I believe there's still going to be de-leveling. So I'm not I'm not 100% sure if the monster coin events de-level the node at all. But that that is kind of how it works after a siege is that it leaves you susceptible for a period of time to everyone to come in and ransack everything. And I think that would actually be cool too to see that happen for like a failed event of, you know, you, you just got your ass kicked and now you, you're going to you are now susceptible to being raided and i think that because there, there's a certain preparation that comes from going to siege is that it basically takes as much time to it, it takes so how long it takes to basically build up to a metropolis it takes about that much time to you have to go out and get a scroll to to be able to go to war and then you have to build up all those resources so it takes about the same amount of effort to try to take down and, and siege to, to de-level that and, and go after so it would be kind of cool to see like you know if, if you did fail to, to take on that dragon the dragon comes kind of wrecks wreaks some havoc that it would be almost like a streamlined or faster way for people to come in and, and also add a bit of insult to injury to that which like I'm gonna say on the receiving end would feel pretty bad, but like if if you want to play as a marauder or you know you're, you're just a bandit, like I feel like that'd be really fun. Keep an eye out for like you know who's gonna take it. And I think it it would lend itself to say say there was a population or, or well, that could lead. Sorry, not to cut you off. That could lead more motivation for the opposing side to try and prevent you from being able to defeat that dragon because they want the dragon to come in. And yeah destroy the whole city for the most part and then they'll them come in and you know finish the job which okay so so say you have a a mega guild or something that it's been playing for a while they they all kind of get their their fun out of it because it, it does kind of seem to happen sometimes where you get these massive guilds of these players they, they power play for a while and after a while they end up stop playing because they've sucked all the fun out of the game for themselves so you could <laughs> you could see this area that this this massive guild kind of took over they drop out and now there's got to be some way to just be level so that would be one of those things too if these events start popping off and start to take down and destroy these these areas so it makes it easier for for other players to to start to de-level that without having to spend as much time and resources into taking those down let's see Dion days was saying that you you can only destroy buildings or disable some npcs and i i definitely that's that's under the the monster coin correct or is that with sieges as well next participation rewards if anyone else wants to put in like what they think would be some cool consequences, I'd love to get your guys' take on everything. Or even or even other events that you guys think would be cool. So when it comes to participation rewards, do you feel that events should require players to be online and or on site in order to receive rewards for participation? If so, why? If not, why not? So I think, yeah, I think it depends on what the event is i don't think it i think there should be some exceptions but i think if you're offline i don't think you should get a participation award or reward yeah i think it i think it kind of depends on like it's i think it's very circumstantial depending on what it's for like so maybe like a participation reward for i don't know just making this up i don't think this is actually how it goes but like if you fully level a node to metropolis and you helped put a lot of experience into like getting it there and you happen to be offline when it finally reaches that full point if there's some sort of reward that comes with that then yes i think in that circumstance you should get it because you did help you just weren't online when it actually right. completed however like if something happens where like 
an event pops and there's a dragon or something and it's attacking your your node and you know the node that you're a citizen to and you don't happen to be online at all when it's happening and it gets taken down and killed i don't think you should get anything for that because you weren't pre like yes you're a citizen of that place but you're not online so you shouldn't get anything from the destruction of that that event yeah i think it depends on if it if it's a time limited event where like you you had to be there to to participate then yeah you, you shouldn't be getting the rewards there is another idea too of like say there's a holiday thing i don't i don't know necessarily if i feel like you need to be on like so, so say they have i know they said that most of the events probably won't parallel alongside because the events will be based off of the season but they said there is potential for for having say like if it's christmas having like some type of in-game thing that happens and I don't know if I, like, if, if you're offline during the holidays, I don't feel necessarily like you have to log in to grab the thing. I think that could be something that could just end up in the mailbox if there was some, like... Well, that, I think, like, I think if you have, like... I think if you have, like, an active subscription, like, during that time frame, then you should get that, like, type of, like, login. Yeah, or like if it's Christmas time and they do, like, some sort of, like, I don't know, like, Santa Claus, like, sends gifts or something to all the players... Like, yes, I think if you have an act active subscription at that time, whenever you do log in, you should get like that gift that everybody maybe got during that time. I think I think I just need more examples on what they mean. Right. Because I feel like there's too much variation and <laughs> I don't think it, it has a black or white answer because I think there's a lot of different scenarios that it could be getting a participation reward from. And uh, Goliath had said there's patron guild stuff for contributing the most to XP to a node. Yeah, like that that thing too of like if if you are like in that in that guild that let's see you need to be on on Thanksgiving at day at seven p.m. or else you won't get the exclusive turkey costume. That's what I'm saying. Like that's that stuff that stuff feels like shit. Like it, you shouldn't have to, you know, step aside. Leave like your family to go log in. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't think that's a, like like if you're no lifer, and I don't think that's the like the reward you're looking for anyway. Like that shouldn't be the thing that you're striving for. You're just striving for like titles and shit like that that actually matter in the game. I don't think there's any harm in hey guys, it's Thanksgiving. Everyone got this cosmetic like because you have a subscription. I'm completely fine with that. I, I think if it's a time limited event where it actually contributes to the game in some meaningful way or your character in a meaningful way, you should have to be online. Except like you had said, like if if something happens where there's there's some type of reward for finally getting a node to pop because you have contributed. I don't think you need to be online to, to just get that. You have one week to do so and just like RuneScape. I, I mean, that could be a thing like that. Of if you have like the week to log in, I still feel like if it's if it's something that it seems like you would get it just for having a subscription, it probably should just be something that you earn for being a, lo a loyalty thing for, for having that. Like, I really hate how like you have games like ESO where you got those daily login rewards, like good for you that you spent the 15 minutes that one day to log in like it doesn't mean anything and the only reason that they do that is to keep their active and concurrent uh, their numbers looking well like that's the whole reason behind the, those type of things is they can show one it, it makes you come back in but it also says like hey look we had x amount of players on this day it, it, it's just a tactic to get that in there and i don't think you need to have things like that I, uh, to for that like if if there's a if there's an event going on say like we talked about the dragon thing like that makes sense you need to be on if, if it's like a specific holiday that is specific to in-game excuse me so like you had to purpose participate for that holiday event that was within the game that is only going to be this time i think that makes sense they have to be online for it 
when it's like a holiday event where it's like a thing where you just all you have to do is log in to get this item i think it'd just be subscription based and like everyone could get that or have an expiration so like logging in like dion days said like one week yeah within a week i I can see that too between yeah because i mean if you could have an active subscription and then let your subscription expire and then come back like two years from then should you still get the reward then like since I don't, you never I mean, logged in <laughs> i mean maybe like if you have the active subscription i don't know who man if you're running a subscription for two years and i mean i guess i'm sure there's somebody i bet there's someone who probably has like an original wow subscription that has no idea they still have it <laughs> no nah, because their card would have got declined eventually so yeah, we did monster coins. What else do we have? They they brought up that they are going to be doing some 10 minute segments over on their discord talking about, so we did a podcast on this already about the tank for participation and kind of answered some of this, but they did, they did have some additional things and I'd like to touch on them depending on if we haven't already touched on those topics because these, these questions actually look more fleshed out than the three small prompts that we had last time. So Tanks and group content. In a group setting, what responsibilities of the tank role do you think should be solely on the tank? Are there any responsibilities that are usually put on the tank role that you feel should be shared between multiple members of a group? Honestly, I, I really think that, I don't know, because one of the things that I found kind of interesting that I did kind of like about ESO was that when it came to bosses, I needed the aggro, but when it came to trash, I didn't have to worry about it as much. And I kind of like that a bit more than I need to pick up everything or someone's going to die. And because and, you, you would kind of get that in WoW a bit of, of, at least from my experience, again, like I I've barely have touched it since coming back. So I don't know too much of how things are. But I know that when it came to do, like being in a raid and if someone else was getting hit, like they got pissed. Like you, you had to pretty much pick up everything. So I, I think having some of not solely putting every single thing on the tank to have to pick up. I'm actually kind of okay with that because that was one thing I actually enjoyed about some of ESO's dungeons is I didn't particularly have to worry until we got to the boss. I'm not saying it should be like that because, you know, if if there's some more elites and stuff, like I I think I should have to pull all all those in. But when it comes to some of the smaller trash, like I like not having to worry about it. Were you you listening? Sorry, I was... I got asked... Okay. <laughs> by a child. I was trying to answer it. So, yeah, I think I agree with you for the most part on that one with at least my experience in World of Warcraft where, like, even the trash can, like, one-hit you unless the tank grabs it. I think in Dungeons and Raids, which I think there will be a difference in Ashes of Creation with that, but I think... It'll be closer to ESO where you can actually take a few hits as a DPS without having to rely so heavily on the tank taking all the damage and having to pick up every single like bit of stuff. Agra. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry, my, my thought stream got derailed. It's all, it's, all, it's all good. Tanks and raid content. Would you prefer more traditional MMORPG tank and off-tank roles, or would you prefer to see combat experience with several different tanks? We already saw that question before. What is acceptable level tank specialization? How many of our eight tank classes should be able to main tank a boss for a raid force? If a tank cannot main tank a raid boss, what should they be able to do to make up for that? I think if you're going main, like if you're taking the tank archetype, each one of those tech classes should be viable for tanking. Yeah, that's... That's my that, exactly. That I don't question know what actually, they mean. 
I, that, that, that question actually just made me feel gross. Like I, you should not be like, I think if you take, so are they saying pretty much there should be of the eight tank classes, some of them might only be viable for off tank. I think so. And I don't like that. I think I, that feels gross. I don't like that either. I think, I think that's a good way to make people not play those classes. Yeah. I think, so, I think if you want off tanks should come in the form of you take the archetype, like say you take fighter and then you take tank secondary. That those should be anytime that anytime that you're taking that secondary archetype to tra change that class, that's where off tanks should come into. I think there should be. Like I could see it being like of those eight tank classes, some of them would be better at, at certain certain bosses than others, but I think all of them should at least have a chance if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, because that, that question literally is just like, oh, that's, that's kind of a gross kind of like, I definitely think like different types, like having like a tank for, I think they all should be able to do it, but I think there should be certain bosses that they're going to excel really well at. But I definitely think off tanks need to come in the form of, you know, you get your summoner with tank as the secondary, you get rogue tank as the secondary. All off tanks should come from that secondary. It shouldn't, ugh. God, the idea of like me picking a tank class and then finding out that my secondary ma makes it so I'm no longer able to tank, like that feels so gross. Can you, do you know if they have like respecking? Yes, it's just gonna be, so you're gonna retain any amount of leveling up that you put into whatever class you choose because a class is gonna be built up of the, t the two different archetypes. You will be able to change your, your secondary. You can't change the primary. So if you choose tank as your first, you can change it to summoner ranger or whatever. So I could see like, yeah, if you want to, if you're gonna be the tank tank and you wanna be, I believe tank tank's guardian, that you would need to do do something like that. Later, Daryl. I do, we'll see you later. I could, I could see it that you, you would want to potentially change that, but I don't, I really think I would like to see eight tank classes. Otherwise, what's the point? Like, I, I don't really quite understand what the point of having specking into that because if I'm if I'm gonna go to tank, I'm assuming that whatever one I choose, I'm gonna be able to go in and raid. I'm just gonna be raiding differently or doing different things. But I th I think each one of those eight classes should be viable for tanking. I do think so? Is it goal ID or Goliath? Or Goliath? I don't. Or Goliath? Sorry, I was rather wrong. Goliath. They said different kinds of tanks for different kinds of bosses. I definitely I do agree. Kind of. I do kind of like that idea. So maybe there'd be like a tank class just pulling this out of thin air. Like paladins, for example, would have like a bonus against undead, I would think. Right. See so like dark like dark creatures, so undead, like demons, things like that. So they would make a more efficient tank against those kinds of forces. But I think that say like oh gosh, I need to look at that. Oh, I can pull that up. Hold but, on. I'm not good at recalling information off the top of my head, but yeah, I think they should all be able to at least handle handle it, but there would be a more ideal tank to handle certain fights based on what opponent they're going up against. Oh, why is it doing this to me? Where is it? Open. <laughs> so it's Golid, not Goal ID. <laughs> yeah. Golid. Yeah. I read, I don't you know where it Goliath. Yeah, so. you never know with these with names <laughs> on the internet. So, okay, so we have. Yeah, so you could see, say, 
So you take tank. Oh, we have the dreadnought, the guardian, shadow guardian. Oh, no, no, other way, other way. So you would have Night Guardian, Night Shield, oh, Warden, Guardian. Spell Shield, Keeper, Paladin. But I think these all should be viable as a whole for tanking. But you're right. I think something that needs to take, say it's a it's a tank that you're going up against something that does a ton of physical damage. So, so like, you know, get punched in the face. I think a tank tank, like a, Guardian, a Guardian, yeah, should be pretty well. I think if there's a high mobility boss, I think the Knight probably should have, I would assume they probably have some leaps and charges and things like that. And they have the Ranger tank, which is the Warden. Yeah, I'm interested so to maybe see. maybe good against like Beast. I yeah, think, something like that. You know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I do start, 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 start to start to words start to see things like what the night shield you know, keeper. I it's it's hard to know. I'd have to things. see those. In, but yeah, like it makes sense. Like if maybe a paladin gets a buff against un, undead or things like that. But I I still think in general that you should be able to tank that boss. You might just have different things that help. And if if we're talking about raids, I think you should have one of these one of each of these in there anyway. But that's. I know that'd be hard to have anyway. What am I, what are we gonna play? So I'm not a hundred percent sure. I definitely know I'm gonna tank. I have my eye on the summoner and ranger beastmaster. Like <laughs> that's my jam right there. But I wanna see there's still so much we don't know about all these classes, so I definitely want to get my fill of all of them I know. and figure I... out which is the best mix. But I, I generally go for either hunters or like druids I, I love animals so <laughs> anything with like animals is, is good with me <laughs> yeah and, and for me i've always played some type of physical based character i really don't i don't really like magic all that much i don't really know why i've just never really liked it so like i've, I've always played like a warrior on wow or any, any type of like barbarian class anything like that so i i'm i've got my eye on tank and I, i'm really interested to see how these all play I just, I want them to change the name of certain things because I, I don't know, I'd probably end up either knight or guardian. And I, I just, I don't really like the idea. I think knights, like, I think that in general kind of makes it seem very honorish. And I, I like to have a bit of an anti-hero when I'm playing. So like, I definitely wouldn't be a paladin <laughs> unless there was like, it'd be really cool if there was, there's another cleric. Like we're missing like some of like the savage classes. I like, agree. Where, like I need- Where is the like berserker or the like- Exactly like, I don't know. Like, the, I don't, uh, the, I don't know. I was going to say Fury Warrior, but you know. Yeah, no, like something that's got some rage attached. I know rage isn't going to be like a, I, I know mana and health are going to be like the two pools that we pull from. But yeah, no, like I would like to see some more of like a, you know, like wh where's where's my like hulked out raging dude? Like, yeah, like Barbarian, Fury. Yeah, that's, something. The, that's the word I was looking for, Barbarian. Yeah. Something, something that cal calls to something that's a bit more savage. I, I definitely would like to see on there. But like, it'd be cool to see because I know clerics are going to basically... Uh, under Summoner and Fighter, there's a Wild Blade. Right. Oh, a Wild Blade. I don't know, with it being mixed with the Summoner, what that would actually be. Golod actually brought something up that I, I was, I was going to touch on, is that clerics can either go Holy Augment or Dark, dark Augments uh, because they, they control life or death. So what would be really cool is see that... I know they're not going to do this because it makes it so much more like convoluted, but if like a cleric underneath the, a cleric tank could either be Death Knight or Paladin, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> But I, I would like to see almost like a spec, like a, a path that branches out with those. But I feel like that's adding, that's a scope creep. And I don't do that. Don't listen to that. Interrupted. But also if you want to add a savage don't class listen, to each one of these, right. Just, <laughs> just, just rename some stuff for me. Let's see. So Dion Daz was yeah, asked. Dion, yeah. Dion the ranger show cat. Showcase this. Yes. Yes, it is. I believe.
Yeah, so we are going to be seeing the Ranger going up against the Minotaurs on, uh, that was what was planned for September is, which is, we, we, as callback to earlier in the, in the show that we were talking about is that I think Intrepid is a lot further along than we most likely think because we just barely got to see the concept art of the Minotaur, but they're telling us that they're going to be ready and showcased for, for the, uh, this, this month's live stream, which should be like 14 days or so from now, which what is, it's always, I'm not gonna pull up the calendar right now, but yeah, that, that's coming up pretty soon within pretty soon. It's like what, three weeks from now. It, it definitely does seem like it's going by a lot That's faster. <laughs> well, we were had, kind of having like a content dry spell for a while where we weren't really seeing like a lot of complaints. All we're seeing is mounts. All we're seeing is this. And I think a lot of that was during that deconstruction of Alpha 1 and them getting ready for Alpha 2 and, and, and getting all that. But Honestly, now... I wonder if when they were showcasing all the mounts, if that was before they announced switching to Unreal Engine 5, they were actually working on that. And then they didn't end up switching to Unreal Engine 5 till it was already done. I know. I, I honestly think because because <laughs> Stephen has talked a lot about that he uh, well, there was a bunch of times too, like he was in the cave and he's like, I'm showing you know up the mountain here because the rest of the world is like in pieces right now. Pretty much is what he said. And yep. it was like a few months after that, they announced switching to Unreal Engine five. Exactly. They were working on it before they even announced it. Exactly. It makes, I, it makes me think the same thing about the map reveal is they already worked on it and finished it before announcing it. Right. Oh, Lord's back. I think I think that's true. I think that a lot of the a lot of the things that we have seen are things they have completed a while ago. And I think they're I, I really think that it's much further along than what they're talking about. I, whatever that mile second milestone was, was a massive milestone. You can just tell from from their energy from that last stream that it was a big stress relief. Like I said, Margaret was playing WoW and streaming it for like nine hours one day and, and then she was streaming it again the next day. Like, and, and that's from her not streaming for a very long period of time. So there's a there's a good chance that a good portion of, of what we are gonna see in Alpha 2 is most likely either already done or very close to being done. And, th and that doesn't even, that doesn't even give us an idea of where the actual, where they are in the actual development of the game. Because there's like we 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 only know what we're seeing, but there there could have so many other things already set aside that's ready to go, and it it, it seems like even when they when they go and, and and they pull things in on stream, like they're able to. There's a lot more that they could show that they, they you know they pull it in. They're like, oh, we have this concept art, and they they're just picking and choosing all all these certain things. But there's a lot more that's probably probably done. So th think Alpha Two is closer than we think. I, I believe that we'll probably see it towards the end of quarter one of next year. I definitely, I definitely think it's closer than we think, but I think they'll wait till release it till after the hype from World of Warcraft's Dragonflight. Right. I think so. once the hype from Dragonflight starts to wear off and the newness starts to wear off, which I, I believe will put us around March, I think we'll probably Everybody see it around there. back into a show hole. <laughs> but right. <it's> an MMO hole. <laughs> right. It, so I think anywhere between, because it's supposed to be persistent too. So I think we'll probably start to see it roll out in the spring. And we'll probably get more updates like towards the hope steven will announce in the mm the ama in october that january march first quarter i really i honestly would think it would be an amazing christmas gift to go ahead and drop that for us but i know i think they're i think wow's having a raid release on, on christmas so so we most likely won't be seeing it around then i i just i know it, it makes sense for them to pay attention to when when are streamers going to be free? Like some of the bigger streamers, like the Asmund Gold and guys like that, of, of who's going to be able to get eyes on it? Who are they going to be able to push that out and showcase it to? 
and because because that's definitely a big deal for them. You gotta remember too is that they really haven't spent much on marketing. Almost everything that we know, you know, come on, wow, stop ruining the fun. Like they they purposely though when when the that's one of the reasons why they had to change the release schedule for Alpha One was wow was gonna what's it was a classic. Was it classic? Was it just classic, or was it Burning Crusades? I don't remember, but it lined up. They decided to just on the fly release something. Right, they the same they had a week. There was a Shadowland uh, Shadowland patch that they were going to push. They pushed a bunch of stuff forward to be able, like, because uh, they, they're keeping their eye on their competitor. Like, as much as people want to shit on Intrepid and say like they're it's vaporware and all this, they're they're definitely starting to become a bigger player in the space. And other companies are aware of that and keeping an eye on that. So they had to find a place of where can we nestle this in. And also one of the reasons why you wouldn't, why they wouldn't announce, sorry, why they wouldn't announce when they're going to be doing things. They don't want competitors seeing that and messing up. Like, you know, we, they need play testers in there. And yeah, we, a lot of us, when we backed it, we, we put down a big amount of money, but also like if a, a really fun thing is coming out, people are going to be attracted to that. Even if you dropped a bunch of money, like it doesn't really matter. So, well, I think it goes for audience too. Like, there might still be those diehard streamers that are going to stream Ashes of Creation when it first comes out, but there's going to be the hype of the game that most of the viewers know, which is would be World of Warcraft or equivalent, who are going to be watching streamers who are doing or playing that game themselves. So, it's going to make the audience smaller, even just for viewers. Yeah, Kalei was saying that she just released it. A A2 is probably going to release alongside Throne of Liberty. I honestly, I think Throne of Liberty looks really cool, but at the same time, I honestly feel like it's going to be one that dies off pretty quick. It's going to have a big burst and then it's just going to drop. I know they've been developing it for such a long time, but it's been up and down and up and down with it. It's gone through development hell. And also like it, it's just, it's got a different feel to it. It's not, it's not going back to like, like even if you look at the bars, like I think you, all of much you you have a couple different uh, abilities and things like that. You gotta. The, it's Zook. Uh, um, my apologies. My apologies if I've missed it. It was already asked. But which classes are you two gravitating gravitating towards at this point? <laughs> yeah, so we um, we yeah, touched we on it a bit. That, yeah. but I was saying that I'm looking at the summoner and ranger cross, so the beastmaster. Of course, I want to get my hands on most of these classes and try them all out to see which one's a good fit for me, but. That's what I gravitate towards is the hunters and druids and anything that has like an animal companion. I know actually in this game, everyone's going to be able to have a pet, but. <laughs> yeah, everyone's going to be able to have a battle pet, which so I think is pretty see, cool. Yeah, we'll see which one I like the most. And then, like I said, I, I tend to focus more on like martial classes and things like that. So I, I'm not 100% sure if it's going to be guardian, but definitely something within that tank line. I would like to see. I think it was, I would kind of like to see what the night shield looks like. I love to play a tank with high mobility. So anything that's going to allow me to leap, charge, and close gaps, like that that always feels really good when I'm playing a tank. So that's what I'll be keeping my eye open for. And also like just whatever feels right and what fits. I, I really allow, I like, there, there's things too, is that there's a lot of cookie cutter builds with within ESO in a lot, a lot of ways that people play that. And I just, I like to find what works for me in my play style. So I don't know. I, I think that gets missed a lot too. I think that's one of the things that's going to be played great with, with this setup is obviously there's going to be some type of meta, meta gaming and stuff like that, but sorry, there's going to be, you're going to find some meta eventually. I'm really hoping that this system will, will lend itself from moving away from that. Cause I, I, I hate when people basically you know go go do a raid or something and they're like oh well you're not getting in because you, you don't follow this guide to a t and i think the more difficult it makes it to even make those type of guides to say like well 
you know, like this is the best way to do it. Like, uh, and even the fact that there's not going to be best in slot items, like you're going to have to craft things and, and you're not going to just get drops from raids. You're going to have to find some of the craft things and they, they have to know how to do it. I think it's going to open up a lot for customization. That's, that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to also is to hope that it can retain that customization feel because ESO was so close, I think, with a lot of like their builds and their design of you have all these different trees. Unfortunately, you only ever use like three of them. <laughs> so hopefully the augment system works well. It lends itself to that customization and having that freedom. It's Zook said, I could see chaos being a beastly tech. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I love that's what it. we were just saying is that it doesn't look like they really have much for like a barbarian class. Oh yeah, that's what I was getting into. It's like there's no like there's no like savage classes, and I, I really need like some type of. I, I'm hoping that they some of these get renamed, like something that. Yeah, like where, where's my where's my dude that's gonna be rocking like an axe and shield with feather, uh, fur on? Like I don't see knight. That does just a fit. Like I I need some. I, that's what I'm hoping. Maybe maybe they'll give us some different names for these. And then Lord says, I want to see an achievement for getting every single class combination to level 50. I think that achievement should get a flying mount. <laughs> I don't think the flying mouse would be rare, but like that's a pretty big achievement. That would that would be a massive. It's it's like bro, bro, okay. you're, ins, you're instant king of, of Vera. For real? <laughs> <laughs> that would take so much goddamn time. I bet someone will do it though. Or are you gonna know life it and, this, and hit every single class? I can't see. I wouldn't even want to do that. I hate playing spellcasters. I just don't know what it is. I don't like playing ranged either. I just, it's like even when we play games where you, like ranged, it would help to like have a ranged weapon. I don't want it. <laughs> don't give it to me. I'm not gonna use it. <laughs> it's Sook said. Don't laugh at me too much, but I'm low key super excited to learn more about the gathering and crafting system. But, same bro same see so yeah, i'm that, like so excited about that's actually earlier we're talking about what we're most excited about and like the yeah gathering crafting is super exciting to me in particular the animal husbandry i don't know if you would count that under crafting but well see and i always super look forward to that <laughs> i always like the idea of being able to play a game where you can do whatever you want whether it comes from right like if, if you, you want to be the best blacksmith like right if you just want to exist <laughs> if you just want to exist in the game and be a blacksmith or you want to be a tanner and like that be the only thing you do in the game i want that to be a possibility for people because that 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 can be an, its own game and its own thing and i hope it's just as in-depth as anything else in the game and because that the, the with the game how it's going to be designed is that it's going to want to call in people who just want to do that because you're going to have people that you know if you want to have good gear you're going to need to find someone who makes it or, or, or creates it so like if you don't have a system where people want to craft or want to do these things then you're not going to it it all has to work together or it's not going to work at all so that that's one of the things too like you're not getting epic legendary gear dropped off a boss you might get some here and there but the whole idea is you're getting mats to go bring to a crafter you might like discover a legend i know they said like you might be in the world and i, I don't know if archaeology is a thing but i remember they did say like you may just discover like an ancient weapon that was lost to time based off an event or something so you, there might be those kind of things but you're not gonna your most of your gear is going to be crafted and they said Rafters make the best shit. I'm going to say, what are we doing for time? We're almost at three hours. I know. We're just, we're going. <laughs> we're going. Oh, yeah. We're go, we'll go back oh. to some views. I was going to say, oh, the options left me. Never mind. Sorry, everybody. Um, it was in and then it was out by the time <laughs> Jamie finished talking. 
So there we go. So we just we just went over this one. Tank and PvP situation. What feels good and what doesn't feel good about tanks and player versus player situations? Oh, we're back to tank. <laughs> yeah, we... I, dude, I don't know how I don't, we walked off from that. I, I've had like at least three thoughts I completely forgot. So when it comes to PvP situations, tanking has never felt good for me. I can't think of a time where I played a tank in PvP where I was like, that was enjoyable. Aside from when my blighter in Arcage felt really good, but I, I only had minimal PvP experience in that. But I trying to go into PvP arenas and stuff as a tank, I just always I never felt like I had the hitting power. I feel like I felt like I could take the hits, but there wasn't really much I could do. It's not like I could tank uh, taunt. I could kind of distract, but like it, you just you tap right off of it. Like it, it, it's annoying for a second, but it's it's more of an annoyance. Oh, Oh, continue it. Sorry. Random tangent. I did the math um, that Lord put in the chat for calculating how many days it would take to get a max, well, sorry, every single one of those classes to max level. So if you played six to eight hours a day, you would get all of those characters leveled to level 50. So 64 different characters leveled to level 50 in 7.9 years. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wow. So yeah, you can have a flying yeah, yeah, if you do that, you can have a... Oh, I like that. That uh, 7.9 years, yeah, to get those. Well, yeah, round it up, yep. The <laughs> thing is, though, long, like, you, would, hours a day. you would only need eight characters, and then you would have to change the... Uh, you'd have to augment that secondary skill. To, so it may, you may actually be able to cut that time half. It's still a long time. Lord was saying that when it, when it comes to PvP, it would be really cool to see that the tank gets stronger as it's ignored in PvP. I think like having some type of enrage, that would actually be pretty cool. I, I would definitely like to see that. That would, that would be some way that I, I don't even think that people ever just ignore the tank, though, in PvP. It just it just seems like you're there and you can kind of you, you last for a while until a rogue comes, saps you and then <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone just jumps on you and kills you and then it's like what the fuck am i in here for like i you're like i mean i just soloed a dragon but okay <laughs> right yeah like i can get punched in the face by a dragon and, and lead a raid but when it comes to but a, right, a rogue comes over and just ganks you <laughs> right i just i just want to see like I, I don't know i is anyone here done tanking in pvp that felt meaningful because i i know like even when I'm going to say right now, like thinking of, of WoW off the top of my head, like you would just go arms as a warrior. Like I don't know too many people that are actually going in as prot to go PvP. Like you just wouldn't. PvP has always seemed like it was a DPS focused thing and just never really saw the like tanking as as why you would you would go and do that. Tanks and solo. I'll wait that, but I'll move on to the next one. Tanking and solo situations. When soloing as a tank, what are things you like and what are things you'd like to see avoided? This was my main one of my main points during our, our tanking discussion was that I hate doing not like there should be tons of solo content to begin with, but when I am just questing and I think that should be viable to just go out and do some quests and stuff without needing a group. I, I just I still think that it should be focused on on having a core group. But when soloing as a tank, like it always feels in ESO, it almost feels like it takes five times as long to kill things as it does like anything else. WoW actually doesn't feel that way. I like one. I love tanking. I, I'm sorry. I, I love my warrior. I always have. I, I could play as a tank and do PvE stuff no problem. I would cut through everything. It didn't feel like I was lagging behind. It, that just always felt really good. I felt like my 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 strength was there. I don't know what it was like tanking for other classes. I even think like because we when we were we were questing and stuff, even you as your bear tank, like it's not like we struggled to kill anything. I mean, it's 
I question a bit as the bear tank, but it. I think I ended up just switching back to feral druid I think because that's true. it was taking longer. Like the the health was nice. I never died, <laughs> but it definitely took forever to kill yeah. things. Maybe it's my experience with just the warrior then. Like I, I don't have too much experience. And I don't know. That's that's my experience from over seven years ago. Questing. I don't know if it's changed now. I know. <laughs> I know my blighter on, on Archage. Like I, I never had any problems killing anything with that either. I in. I think I would hot swap. I would, I would change weapons and stuff back and forth. But even if I was using a, a, a shield and in, in, in a single handed weapon, like I still felt like it was good. ESO just feels really bad. I guess as a tank, because if you put if you don't put anything into strength or was it stamina. If you don't put anything into stamina, like it does not feel very good. So I definitely would like to avoid that. I, I want I want my dude to feel like he can not only take a punch, but also give a pretty good punch back. I, I don't Yeah, I definitely think that's something that's lacking with a lot of tanking classes is yes, you can take all the damage, but you don't dish out a lot. And I understand that's a balancing thing, but it would be nice to see kind of a happy medium where like maybe have some classes where temporarily like they sacrifice like some of their defense to like execute like a, a combo or something that's you know more damaging right and i think because ashes is going to have an active block so i think my my drop in my drop in dps as a tank shouldn't come because just because that's how the, the the class is designed my drop in dps should come because i had to pop my my shield i had to use a defensive ability i had to do something that required me to stop attacking but i think right right exactly but when you're actually doing your offensive abilities like you can be offensive and do damage just like a normal person would but when that damage is coming at you that's when you need to keep yourself alive right and, and i I, th I think like doing maybe like 80 85% of what a, a true DPS would do would, would feel okay to me. Just like, man, I don't know. Maybe it's just the, with ESO, but like, man, if you, if you are doing sword and board, like you can't, can't do the fucking content. Or, like you have to switch the weapons, change your spec, and then you can feel like you're like taking things down. But it, it's not even like you're, it's, it's not like it's harder. It just takes so much fucking longer. <laughs> and it, it's not like, I, I don't want to, and, and I'm not trying to say like I should be able to just AOE everything down and kill things extremely quickly. I'm saying like it's painfully slow to where I'm like this. I'd rather just grind yeah, I dungeons. Think it, I think it needs to be a trade-off. So if you want to be more defensive and kill things slower, you have that option. But you also can have that option to do more damage and be more vulnerable, just like a deep, the actual DPS would be. So without having to change your spec, you can just whichever um, abilities you're using is kind of what determines that. Yeah. So if you're using your tanking abilities, like that gives you, like maybe it can give you like a, a buff or something that gives you more armor while that ability is active, something like that. Whereas you have other abilities that do more damage, but don't uphold that, that buff right. that's on your character. Right, As, whereas a DPS might have something that buffs their damage. You're, I've got something that buffs my damage mitigation. So I'm not getting those spikes that they might get, but I feel like baseline, like we should hit about the same when soloing but also i really don't think there should be too many situations where we're just soloing things in general because i would like to stick that theme of the game being a lot more social discussions of tank abilities from your experience in other games what feels good and what doesn't regarding a tank class kit honestly like i said i've pretty much only played <laughs> like when it comes to i i i always pick specs that have high mobility so charges leaps things like that if i didn't have that it wouldn't feel good because we were running around doing the wrath classic 
And I'm like, where's the Death Knight's like leap or charge? Where's like, he's got the pole. Oh my God. Oh, go ahead. What, one thing I really like that I think every it should be implemented into every tank class, like here, here on, is one thing that I think I really like from ESO is the chain abilities where you can throw things out and pull people to you. And I think Ashes has that too. They have a, they have a chain that pulls people in. That's awesome. I think anything that it, gap closers are amazing. Anything that lets me pull mobs to me or leap to them. I like to be able, Agree. like being able to close gaps quickly and like pick up aggro. Like that's just a th I, there was someone with with in 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 the Reddit that was was trying to argue with me about how how tanks don't have that or or, or they would want mobility and, and stuff like that. But I'm like, man, every single tank I've ever played has had mobility. I feel like that's almost a staple for tanking. So that's something well, the ones I that don't have it. People don't play. <laughs> Right. And uh, I, I was going to say, oh, sorry. Finish no, no, go ahead. I, I'm just fine. Oh, I was going to say uh, in World of Warcraft, I've been, I have my two main characters are my druid, my feral druid and my beastmaster hunter. And I was playing on my, my feral druid for a bit. And I'm used to like, you know, being able to go into cat form and travel form and like move around faster. And like you have those speed buffs, whereas my hunter, at least right now at my current level, because I'm not max level, I think I'm like level 44 right now. But uh, right now, like for the hunter, I have my disengage, which makes me jump backwards. And then I have like a little slight speed buff. So sometimes when I'm like trying to close long areas of land that I'm running across when I can't get mounted up, like you use the disengage backwards and then run and then they also have like the aspect of the the cheetah or something like that which gives you a speed buff but it has a really long cooldown and honestly it doesn't feel good having the hunter not have as much mobility because a lot of the time you're just using your normal run speed <laughs> actually i made a twitter post earlier today being like when when are hunters going to be able to like mount on their pets and, <laughs> and ride or something like to close those gaps but i know that'll never happen but it's just one of those things where i'm like i wish like the that they would add more mobility to classes because it definitely sucks when you're in like these big dungeons where there's like long stretches of running or even just questing where you're just at your run speed. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually, there's one thing I remember on my tank is like, as as I was waiting for my cooldown of my leap, I'd still like, I'd be like trotting along like fucking 10 feet behind everybody. <laughs> it it's, was actually saying also that they, they want mobility options and skills for, for most classes. And I think that's true. I think that when it comes to a class kit that there should be some form of mobility options, unless there's like something that thematically makes sense for them not to be fast, but I think gap closers should be something in most uh, class kits. Or it, 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 well, even like you're saying, you have the disengage, but you still at least have one. And it, it's one of those things too of like, when do I pop this? When do I use this? And and I think there should be those like having that that single be, uh, like even in so so far with from what we've seen with with uh, the mage and ashes, they have their they have their blink ability with, I can't remember, it's, I want to say there was a charge on the hunter, or not the hunter, on the, on the tank. I want to say there was. I don't know if the cleric had anything, but I would like to see some type of... Oh, the cleric, though, had, like, a javelin, like a light javelin or something. But to, some to at least close a gap or whatever. Throw. Yeah, so you could at least throw it, and then, like, the, the mob starts running at you. Yeah, there you go, so that, yeah. All the way there, yeah. Which, I don't mind those either, where, like, you can tag the thing before like closing the gap so at least it starts running towards you and then you don't have as long to run <laughs> that's actually something i really enjoy about my warrior on wow is that i have a, a i can throw an axe and charge like i've got a macro set up so you throw the axe and hit it hit charge at the same time so you're able to kind of get them double 
I always liked that for like I always knew like when we used to play like a hunter was gonna try to hit it with the every single time we do a raid you'd see the arrow go right as I'm like trying to charge in so having something to hit first so I don't have to even I don't have to try to extra hard to get some aggro that was always my hunter it was it always was <laughs> roll so yeah. I was generally pretty good about at least not purposefully pulling pulling bosses and things <laughs> I guess so. I think that's going to wrap up this episode. We're gone over three hours. I think maybe we'll take a minute and see if anybody has any questions in chat. That's true. If you guys have anything that you would like to ask or if you have your own thoughts and opinions, definitely let us know. You can also repost them. If, if, if this is going to be up on YouTube. It will also be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all, all those places where you listen to get, you get your stuff. So definitely reach out. One of the best places is to join our Discord. Also leave some comments on the YouTube and we'll answer those on the next stream. We'll put them together. This, I really enjoy having everyone here. We love having the community-based discussions. I don't know how how well it too comes over with podcasts, but if you guys are listening and enjoying the conversation, please head over to our Twitch or our Discord and join the conversation. Definitely, it helps a lot, word of mouth. So if you know anybody who's passionate about Ashes of Creation like we are, like please share our podcast with uh, them. and. <laughs> So I want to thank, uh, yeah, I saw that. So thank, really appreciate that. It's really, well, we, we really are enjoying putting out the content and coming out and hanging out with everybody and talking about this. We're extremely passionate about Ashes creation. I've been so excited about it and I, I don't, I'll be that guy that hypes the game. I also will like call out when I see some bullshit, but I'm really, I'm really pumped about this project and it's been so cool to watch it from, you know, like we weren't there day one. I, actually, I think we did kind of find it when it was in Kickstarter, but we didn't. Yeah, we saw the Kickstarter. We just didn't back it at the we time. We didn't back it at the time, we're, which I wish we, were we did. We expecting but... our second child, so we were saving up for maternity leave. So yeah, so <laughs> we didn't have yeah, we didn't have the funds to. Back but, it at the time. but eventually, we pulled that trigger, and and it's been it's been a really cool ride watching all this stuff and being so close to it. And if you guys just have a little bit of patience and understand like development progress process, like. Just really enjoy the ride, and I'm hoping we get an amazing product by the end of that. Lord has a question, which is, can we ban Annie from playing the Huntress tonight? I think that that is a good Absolutely thing. Absolutely not. <laughs> you have to try some other characters. Have you tried all of them yet? We'll see. We'll get her. Yeah, I've tried all of them except for the... I'm pretty close to being able to ban her. I think I, I think she needs to put it as a loyalty thing, where you, we can ban her from doing that. I'll just buy a different one. Let's just buy it. That's what I'm saying. You should try out some other ones. Oh, <laughs> The dev, the dev updates have been awesome, especially this year. Like they said, they were going to crank everything up and they were, they were going to take it to a different level. And I swear almost every single one has been a complete like showstopper. Even like, even with the last one, I think they, they were kind of making it sound like it wasn't going to be as big as a deal. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you everyone. And yeah, definitely. Thank you. Like, I love that you guys say that you're appreciating us and like loving the content we're putting out, but. We wouldn't be able to do it without you guys watching. So yeah, so thank you so much. Uh, we, we really, really appreciate, appreciate everybody who tunes in and checks us out and hangs out and all that good stuff and gives us follows and just it's it's so great. <laughs> I love it so much. So thank you, everybody. We'll see you guys in the next one. Till next time. I need, I need to think of something, guys. We need to. As, as a group, we need to come up with a fucking tagline for the end of this show because I'm, I'm just going to end up saying the same thing I said last time. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right, guys. The end of our show is just us talking about how we need a tagline. I know it is. It's just going to be insert generic tagline here. Good night. Start dancing. They're not going to be there. Hold on a second.
Unlace the Chaos is amazing. I had to come back to say that. It's fucking awesome. Thank you guys. <laughs> I'm stealing that, and I, I have no shame from stealing that. <laughs> I just thought I would come back and this little, this little, with a little like post Marvel, like was that the fucking end credits? I'm coming back. We are, we are unlace the chaos. Thank you so much. That's fucking awesome. Until next guy. <laughs> Until next time, guys. Unlace the chaos.